my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta? Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. And I apologize about the echo. The room that I'm recording in um, doesn't have a lot of stuff in it. Alright, yeah, I just opened a door and I opened the slider, so get a little airflow in here. Maybe it won't be so echoey if it... Alright, so... What I'm doing today, this wasn't originally planned, but you, if you've been a listener for a while, you guys know how whenever a cast member's birthday rolls around, I like to do, you know, dedicate an episode to them. So I'm like, you know what? There are three cast members of Full House and one, well, two of Full House, one of Fuller House, that are celebrating birthdays in July. The first one is Andrea Barber. She celebrates her birthday on July 3rd, the day before the 4th of July. So I'm like, you know what? Last year, around this time, I did the birthday blues episode. I'm like, there really aren't a lot of, like, episodes that are kind of centered on Kimmy, particularly, except for, like, that one. And this other one I found, which is Season 8, Episode 19, entitled... Taking the Plunge, which aired on February 28th, 1995. In this episode, it's DJ to the rescue when she learns that Kimmy plans to elope with her new boyfriend, Dwayne. Hoping that marriage will solve all their problems, Joey gets an opportunity to meet the Queen of England, who just happens to be in San Francisco at that time. All right, so the... The other cast members that are sharing birthdays in July, I know everyone is not a big fan of this person right now with everything that's gone on. I still would like to honor her birthday. Of course, I'm speaking about Lori Laughlin, who played Becky Donaldson slash Katsopoulos. And the episode that I've chosen for her is season eight, episode 13, The Producer. Becky gets a promotion Danny has been hoping for, and he's delighted for her. Really, just delighted. Actually, it's the back of the DVD box uh, cover there. And, of course, lastly, well, Lori's birthday is on the 28th of July. So before we get to her... We're going to jump over to Fuller House, and we are going to honor Michael Campion, who plays Jackson Fuller, DJ's eldest son, with the episode that I've chosen for him. If I can get over to, here we go. Mom Interference, Season 2, Episode 2. In this episode, it's a full house for game night when Steve and Matt bring uninvited guests. Jackson decides to join the football team. So it's kind of a bit of Jackson, a bit of 
the game night. Actually, I just realized that um, I think I packed away my Fuller House DVDs, but good news is it's on Netflix, so I can just watch from there. Yeah, a good chunk of my stuff has been packed away. It's at my dad's house, getting ready for the move. Would you guys... If you've been listening for over a year, you guys know we've had this plan. We had a little setback with everything that happened between March and the end of May, which is still going on. Um, but we are pushing ahead. We're getting things done. We're getting the house ready to... This is just kind of what's going on in my life. Um, we're getting the house ready, getting it on the market this month. And we are going to be moving... We're hoping the weekend of Labor Day. And if you know, it's not just a I'm moving from one place to another in the same state. My husband and I are actually leaving the state that we're in and moving to another state. Um, I've mentioned this before. I have lived in the state that I'm in my whole life. This is going to probably be one of the biggest changes I've ever made to date. And it's a little scary because, you know, what family I have left is here. My whole life has pretty much been here. And it's just starting a new chapter of my life. You know, with me and my husband and our fur babies. You know, with my cat Quinn and my rabbit London and my hamster Liesl. And it's just, it's scary. I mean, we're going to be going from a house to going back to living in an apartment again. For at least a, a year or two until we... You know, find a house again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just getting things boxed up. I kept as much as I could. Oh, who's messaging me now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're actually getting a dumpster to throw our stuff away that we're not taking with us, including our bed. <laughs> we're just going to do what we've done before with I got an air mattress. And Jeremy's going to sleep on the couch. So... <laughs> But, yeah, just, it's, it's amazing, and not just that, with, you know, hiring, you know, I hired someone to come in and clean the house top to bottom, because you want it to look great when the realtor comes in to take pictures and all that good stuff, but, so what I pretty much devised is, so the month of July is going to be all about celebrating you know, Andrea Barber's birthday, who played Kimmy Gibbler. Celebrating Michael Campion's birthday, who plays Jackson Fuller on Fuller House. Celebrating Lori Laughlin's birthday with uh, episode of Full House. And then in August is when I'm going to do the Animals of Full House, where we'll meet Rocket and DJ's very first horse. We'll meet Ginger the monkey in Too Much Monkey Business. We'll meet Scruffy the pig in Room for One More. And we'll meet... Shorty the donkey in You Pet It, You Bought It. So that's going to be in August. As I'm transitioning and everything like that, so if I do, I'm planning to definitely, you know, come back in October, but if I get set up, I'm ready to go, I might do the last two weeks in September. It just really, really depends. Um, I'm going to be in the middle of, you know, looking for a job. This is actually my last week at my job, which... It's a relief for me. I can get a lot more stuff done. And I'm just really miserable. Uh, if you don't know, I work in uh, a factory. There's... No. Oh, it's the same message twice. Um, 
yeah, it's just, it's so miserable when it's like 80 plus degrees outside. It's like near 100 in there. And you guys know we have to wear like, you know, the protective stuff that you have on your face. And I mean, you got to wear it pretty much wherever you go. But when you're in a factory for eight hours and it's miserable and you're just... Plus, I just... Ugh. I, I'm just ready. I, I, I want a job, honestly. This is what I'm looking for. I want a job where I can move around, where I'm not standing in one spot for eight plus or eight hours. It's just, ooh. I swear, since I got back at June 8th, I'm just like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> I'm so ready. Uh, but yeah, just you. Know, and I got planned to get some other stuff done. I want to do um, the Chipmunk Adventure movie this summer. Dennis the Menace is going to be coming up. Um, what other one? Another one for Father's Day I wanted to do for next week is going to be Too Young to Be a Dad. You're going to find that in a Chipmunk Adventure. Chipmunk Adventure will be on both the Punky Power podcast and the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. I also have an episode of Different Strokes to do, The Spanking. I'm going to try to get that one out this week, which this is the last full week of June. Today is Monday. I have my calendar right here. Monday the 22nd. Gosh. You know, in two more days, my birthday is going to be two months away. So I will be the last one. My last birthday here in Michigan. Wow. <laughs> so, I'm so nervous. It's such a big adventure I'm going on with my husband and in, embarking on a, a new life. And it just, it, it is scary. I know it's, I'm probably going to have a moment where I'm like, I want to go back to Michigan. <laughs> I want to go home. But eventually, you know, we'll build our life down there. So, all right, I've talked enough about myself and what's going on with me. Just wanted to give you guys an update and how things are going to go podcast-wise, episode-wise. Um, I also have an episode of Everwood coming out, um, so look forward to that. I think I'm going to get that next week, like within the last three days of June. Then in July, we're going to do The Sandlot. And Dennis the Menace. I want to finish Dennis the Menace, and then we'll do Chipmunk Adventure We'll do that one in August. So, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Where did my stuff go? That way we can talk about. Let's. We want to get those fun reviews from Power Man Dan, unless he or she decided not to review the at the episode. But we got. That's why I always call him or her the faithful Power Man Dan because you can pretty much ninety five percent guarantee there's gonna be. A review from Power Mandan. So let's get back. This episode actually is a 6.5. Trying to see, is this like the lowest? Oh, my left and right foot for season eight's got 6.1. I was trying to see what are some of the uh, on the road again 6.5. Okay, okay, well, we'll do that some other time. Get back taking the plunge so we got some guest stars we got Jason Marston returning as Nelson Burkhart did uh, Burkhard not hard um, I'm trying to think was his last name ever mentioned on the show I don't I just remember him being called Nelson 
We got Minister Jim Hudson. We got Bren McKinley as Regina, Nelson's cousin. We have Scott Menville as Dwayne. If you guys remember in Punky Power when Brandon walked out the door, Punky's dog Brandon walked out the door and a boy named Joey, was it? had taken him, but Punky and Henry put up a lost dog sign. And this kid, played by Scott Menville, had a black lab with what looked like shag golden carpeting covering him, saying, oh, here's your dog, where's my reward? And the kid was a jerk. <laughs> just go and watch that. It's a sad episode, just Punky missing Brandon. It's just, it's sad. But, all right, so, oh, my gosh, we got a review from Power Man, Dan. Ah, I'm excited. Okay, director, John Tracy, writers, Jeff Mar, uh, why did I say Jeff Marlin? I don't know. Jeff Franklin, Tom um, Amundsen, the writer. Most of the writing credits. Let's see, no trivia. Oh, we got a goof. When Kama takes a note off the counter, it is not in the same place DJ left it. When DJ Kimmy and Jesse are talking in DJ's room about Kimmy's future, and she ends the conversation by saying, let's face it, life together as we know it is over, and leaves the room, she leaves the bedroom door open behind her, and the next shot, the door is about an inch away from being fully closed. Well, continuity, of course. Ooh, we got some connections. Star Trek. The couple before Kimmy and Dwayne have a Star Trek wedding, Friday the 13th. Kimmy chooses this movie for her wedding theme in Reno. All right. Ever faithful Power Mandan gives us an 8 out of 10. And the titles it pretty good. It's pretty good. This actually, this review was May 3rd, 2019. Not much of a filler, but I figured it still does not quite live up to its potential. Definitely a great episode, but I feel it could be more. Nelson gives Joey the chance to meet the queen. He will be taking Nelson's cousin and is all nervous about it. Brief, but very funny. DJ gets rejected from Stanford, but does get accepted into Berkeley. Kimmy re gets rejected from every school. Thinking her life is over, she decides to marry her boyfriend, Dwayne. Dwayne, a loser who only says whatever. Well, that's kind of harsh. I wouldn't call Dwayne a loser. I mean, he's kind of a cool dude. And he works in the plumbing business. How is that a Plumbing is going to be probably one of those careers where you are making the bucks. You are making the cash in Reno. Whoops. Dwayne is hilarious. Well, thank you. First you call him a loser, but now you can clean it up by saying he's hilarious because he is. He's a cool dude. And if you guys know, if you watch Fuller House series finale with the wedding and everything, you will see Dwayne there and you'll see him saying whatever. <laughs> like most episodes in the show, the main idea is spelled out. Nothing wrong with that, but I feel like it was a tad rushed. Perhaps different writers or a two-parter would give this the finesse it needed. Um, well, I could definitely disagree on the two-parter. What exactly? Unless they flipped it and it's like, DJ's like, oh, you know, maybe I sh should take Stephanie's advice and marry Nelson. And then you see them at the altar 
Boom. End of the episode. Leave it on a cliffhanger. Bring it back with Jesse and Danny taking a plane ride to Reno to stop. Because that's initially what Danny assumes. And they jump on a plane. But, yeah. I honestly gotta wonder if DJ had proposed to Nelson. Because, you know, he's not thinking about, like, proposing because DJ's, what, 18, 17, 18 years old? I don't think that Nelson's thinking marriage. But if DJ asked him, because at this point, they're no longer a couple. Do you think if she asked, he would say yes immediately? Well, we're here. We're in Reno. Let's get married. So, of course, before I get into the podcast fully, I want to let you know if you're a Tanner newbie, jumping on the Tanner train, enjoying the podcast, that's awesome. Let me tell you where you can go and find it on social media. It has its own Facebook page. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. And Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House pod. Twitter at OMHC Full House. If you'd like to email the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can share your Full House and Fuller, Full House and Fuller House memories. You can do that at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I always leave the email in the episode description on SoundCloud. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast and you'd like to help support the show, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask my listeners for money. I just do this stuff. My own free will because I love the show so much. I'm such a fan. I just thought, you know, I want to give, there are many Full House podcasts out there. There are many that are family-oriented, as far as safe for you to listen to with your kids around without them hearing F-bombs and S-bombs and whatever bombs being dropped. I wanted to do this show as an alternative to those other Full House podcasts, and I wanted to touch on Fuller House as well, because I know that there was only one Fuller House podcast that was actually good that the cre- the creators of the podcast were able to get some of the cast members on there back in 2016 when Full House had first dropped. They had, uh, I believe on YouTube, you can also get some of those interviews. You know, Elias Harger, who plays Max, Michael Campion, Sonny Bringus, Kimmy Gibbler, I mean, <laughs> Andrea Barber. I'm sorry, Andrea. Um, <clears throat> Jody Sweeten is another one. It's just it was such a good podcast, but um, the couple on it just they decided to, you know, do other things with their life, which you anybody can do. You know, you you sign up for a podcast and everything. Uh, you know, I see podcasts that are like they'll get a few episodes into something and then they'll just like, well, this isn't for me or I'm too busy or I got too much going on. Or it's like committing to a show that especially full house is eight seasons long. So yeah, basically, like I said, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for sponsors. I don't want anyone's money. I do this just for my pure love and enjoyment of the show and giving you guys content to listen to you kind of you know whether you're getting groceries I love to listen to podcasts while I'm getting groceries or going for walks or do it do stop it um (laughs) I had a timer going my lunch is in the oven but um 
Yeah, I love cooking dinner. I love listening to podcasts, washing the dishes, especially washing the dishes. So, yeah, the only thing I ask is if you're enjoying the podcast, just jump on iTunes and leave a review. That would be so, so awesome. So, all right, guys, I've said enough. Let's get into taking the plunge. Before we officially get into the episode, we get to watch the cold open. And it's a, it looks like a real cute one. We got Becky in the living room with the twins playing blocks with the kids. So before Becky comes, before Michelle comes in with Kama into the living room, Becky has some blocks and she's like, what is this spell, boys? And they're like, mom. And she's like, good, yes, that's right. It does say mom. So yeah, Michelle comes in with Comet and she's like, hey guys, guess what? I can make Comet do all these tricks without even talking to him. So my guess is she's most likely going to do hand gestures because it doesn't look like she has a treat anywhere. Um, I gotta say right up front, I think Michelle is already going to be in the running for the worst outfit. It's like a denim shirt top with some oddly weird print dress with different pictures on it. It's just really... Denim doesn't go good with it. I mean, and I'm not a fashion expert, but it just... It doesn't look good. And another thing I noticed about Michelle's as the seasons go on, you know, she's like maybe from season six to eight, she always wears these ginormous scrunchies, because I know about scrunchies, guys. I lived, I grew up in the 80s. I probably wore a scrunchie or two in my time. Granted, they weren't humongous, like it's overtaking the back of her head, but, but, oh, if you want to talk about adornments that take over the back of someone's head, you go watch Little House on the Prairie. You look at Nellie Olson. You look at those giant bows that take over the back of her head. It's cray. So either Nikki or Alex, I'm not sure which, but he's like, she's gotta be kidding. Both boys, of course, are always dressed in similar outfits, just different colors. One is wearing a navy blue with red lettering across the front that says authentic sport. And then the other one is wearing like a cream white authentic sport in black lettering or black font. Becky is like, no, let's give her a chance. Let's see what she can do. Hey, Quinny, how you doing? I got your fresh water right in that bowl. <laughs> oh, Becky's like, hey, give her a chance, guys. I'd like to see this. You know what's kind of interesting? Remember in, like, seasons four or, what, three through maybe five? three through five or six, it always seemed like Stephanie and Comet got the scenes together, but now it seems it's kind of more migrating with Michelle and Comet. A little bit, a little bit. And the thing is, this is Comet 2.0. We had Comet 1.0 in, well, season four through uh, seven. So this is Comet 2.0. The dog definitely does look a bit younger. And his fur is more kind of a yellowish, whitish hue compared to Comet 1.0, who is more of a nice, soft, honey, golden color. Look at me talking like an expert on goldens when I don't even have one. <laughs> hey, I follow the Michigan Golden Retriever breeders. 
Facebook page. I guys, I tell you, I get so much information from that. Yeah, I called it. She's using hand signals. Well, of course, because if you're not using your mouth and you're not using your hands, how's that dog gonna know what you want it to do? Not if you're like, oh, let me blink my eyes. Let me like uh, touch my nose with my tongue. Let me uh, pull on my ear. No, that would be using. I wonder if she's going to pull on her ear or something as a signal or tap her nose with her finger or nod or shake or whatever. I'm excited. Let's find out. I swear it's almost like I've not seen this. I mean, I've seen the episode, but some of these cold opens, I'm like, I feel like I've, if I've seen them, it's probably because I saw it when it aired back in 1995. But she points to the floor, of course, Comet drops down. Lays down on the floor, puts his chin directly on the floor between his paws. So he is clearly not treat motivated. He is just affection I want to see, does she give him a treat at the end or does she give him a hug? Because either you're going to give the dog a hug as a reward or you're going to give him a treat. Now she's moving her hand in an upward motion. And that means to sit. Then she takes her index finger and kind of whirls it around in a circle, which means speak. When I had my dog Delilah, you know, I got her from the animal shelter. She was like three. She already knew those things. I just say, speak, speak, and she go, roof, roof. It seems like a lot of people, when they want their dog to lay down, they will point at the floor to lay down. Or they will take their hand, palm up, and go up, 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 up. I hear someone in the audience go, woo! Everyone's clapping, and she's like, good boy. So they also work with, you know, praise and everything. Hey, Quinn. You hanging out? What do you think of the dog's tricks? Hmm? You think they're pretty good? Could you do those tricks? Quinny, roll over. Quinny. Look at me, Quinn. Look at me. Look, over here. No, not over there. Quinny. Look. Hi. I see you. You follow my finger? Follow my finger. <laughs> okay. Well, that's about all. <laughs> she would clearly be food motive. I, I swear I've tried that with her with like a treat, like sit down, sit up, and stuff like that. Haven't I, Quinny? I've done that right. Yep. She's like, what are you trying to get me to do? What do you want from me? I'm just hanging out. Becky is definitely impressed. Like, wow, that is really good, Michelle. Well, it's not like Stephanie didn't teach him all of that before Michelle. That's kind of stuff you would teach them when they're, you know, pop. That's, that's another thing I heard when training. You start, like, when you get home with a, well, once you get the dog. Because they say it's like there's a very short window of time that you have. I can't remember whether they said it's like before the 20th week or something like that. So before like five or six months of age, that window of time to be able to get their training in. So that way 
It's almost like, what do they say, like, kids' minds are like a sponge because they absorb so much, and I think they kind of say dogs are kind of similar in that regard, whereas cats, cats you can kind of, I mean, if cats want to learn how to do something, they will do it, but you can't force a cat to sit up and bag, or you can't force a cat to lay down if it doesn't want to lay down, right? That's right. <laughs> She even refers, Becky even refers to it as kind of like your own doggy remote control. There is a thing that I had gotten, it was like a robo dog type thing that you, it would use voice commands. And I got it when it was like 75% off at Barnes & Noble. And I played with it like for a week or two. And then I just was like, hey, I'll just sell this for like 40 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever. I think it was like 40. And some lady bought it for a kid, so. So, either Nikki or Alex, whichever one, is like, we can do that. And Michelle just looks at them and kind of just like, the snooty attitude, like, it's not as easy as it looks. And the other twin, Nikki and or Alex, is like, watch and be amazed. So the twin in the white cream sweater is like, watch and be amazed. Oh, are they going to like roll around on the floor? Oh, this is cute. I like how they're wagging their finger and it's causing Comet to bark. But now they're like touching their head with their hands. And I don't know what that is. What is Comet? What does this mean? What's that sign mean? Oh, they're like... It's almost like the boys are dancing, so is the dog, like, gonna dance or something? Comet's got his paws on the coffee table. Yeah, Danny's gonna love that one. And Michelle's like, whoa, guys, slow down! It's like, why? It's not like Comet runs on batteries and you're gonna blow a fuse or anything. Comet just starts turning around in circles trying to chase his tail, and Becky's like, hey, it looks like you blew a fuse. Hey, Becky, I just said that. That was my line, and you took it. Oh, the boys are spinning in circles, and that's causing Comet to go in circles. Okay. For cold opens, I'd say I liked that one. It was fun. It's not, I love the ones where they get, you know, Comet. I love Comet. Oh, I miss Comet. I miss Cosmo, too. Oh, she said speak. She, you said speak. You cheated. Hey, you just talked, so you cheated technically. See, they don't even have to say speak. They just, yeah. What's that one? Yeah, she was using her mouth. I distinctly heard her mouth and say the word speak. So you cheated, Michelle. You used your mouth, which you said, watch me use hand signals. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to mouth the words. You did. You cheated.
I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to give you a lesser score to get an 8 out of 10 instead of a 10. You know what, honestly? I want to give the twins a higher rating. I'm going to give them a 10 out of 10 because they were amazing over Michelle. They didn't talk. They just used hand gestures. They didn't cheat. So they get a 10 out of 10, and Michelle, you get an 8 out of 10. And Comet, you get a 20 out of 10 because you're just awesome. You get double the points because you did all the work. So we come out of the intro. We're in the kitchen, and Stephanie and Michelle are getting the table set for dinner. There's a knock at the back door. Stephanie opens it, and it's Nelson. Like, hey, Nelson, come on in. He's like, oh, thanks. And she's like, wow, this is a surprise to see you here. And Michelle, of course, adding insult to injury. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I thought DJ dumped you. Like, ugh, yeah. I think that's just Michelle's rude way of, like, why are you here? My sister dumped you. You really shouldn't have anything to talk about. Why, why do you have to see her? Now, if Nelson were a jerk, which he's not... I would be questioning him on all of those things that Michelle in her mind is probably thinking. But he's not. He's a sweetheart. Honestly, out of the guys that DJ has dated over the course of the show, the only ones that really I feel have done her wrong would definitely be Michael Mumford from season two. He is the one that dumped DJ for Kathy Santoni. Of course, then we have Pete from the uh, Funky Tongues Band in Season 5, who took her to a drive-in and thought he was going to be able to go all the way with her. Luckily, she stood her ground and said, I don't want to do this. Let's just watch the movie. And he proceeded to shame her, saying, oh yeah, you're a freshman, I forgot. Mm. And, of course, we haven't gotten to him yet. We haven't met him yet in the show in any of the episodes I've covered yet, but we will get there. It's Viper. Now, some of you maybe you'll be on the fence like, Viper's a nice guy. Yes, he can be a nice guy. But the fact that he comes over one night and says things are moving too fast, I really, this is too much for me. And he breaks up with DJ. And then he tries to get her back. I'm just like... I'm sorry, no. I'm, I'm just, no, Viper. I'm sorry, but that is, you're crossed off in my book. And of course, I like James, 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 there is a James Marsden, there is a Jason Marsden. They are not related. Jason Marsden, we will know, was in the first couple seasons of Boy Meets World. Maybe just the first, first or second season, but anyway. I feel most importantly... He voiced Max Goof in a Goofy movie. And he's done a lot of other voice work. He's been in a lot of other things. He was in the spinoff to the Torkelson show called Almost Home. Which was good show, good show, trust me. But alright, let's get back to Nelson and find out why he is there. Oh, hi Nelson. Hey Steph. Come in. Thanks. This is a surprise. Yeah, I thought DJ dumped you. Well, she did. And I dimple. thought she dumped you again. Well, once again, 
she did. <laughs> you know, I've heard of on-again, off-again relationships, but you guys should be attached to the clapper. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I've learned my lesson. From now on, we are just friends, buddies, pals. Nothing that's any fun for me. <laughs> Nelson, I just got off the phone with you. How'd you get here so fast? Oh, I called you from my limo in your driveway. <laughs> oh. Well, what's this big, exciting news you wanted to talk to me about? My cousin Regina is flying in from England, and she's here coordinating the reception for the Queen's visit to San Francisco, and well, I just thought I'd invite you to go with me as friends. <laughs> wow, the Queen? That's incredible. Hey. Joey, Gigi's going to meet the Queen of England. Maybe she'll let you try on her crown. Yeah, ask her if it's one of those one-size-fits-all crowns with the plastic adjustable strap in the back. Joey, please. Actually, Joey, why don't you ask her yourself? Because, you know, uh, my cousin Regina is coming in from England, and she doesn't know anyone here in San Francisco. She did ask me to find her a date. Yeah, well, uh, what does she look like? Does it matter? Not really. <laughs> hey, guys. Oh, hey, Billy boy. Back for another dumping? Dumping, Good to see you too, Kimmy. Hey, I want y'all to meet my steady, Dwayne. He pinned me. But I came back and took him the next two falls. Okay. So you're Dwayne. It's, it's nice to finally meet you. <laughs> Whatever. You look so awkward. Dwayne just finished trade school and is going into the plumbing business with his dad. He's the toilet doctor. <laughs> so then that would make you the toilet intern. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, well. Hey, everybody. Guess what I found in the mailbox? Half a cheese wheel and an empty can of Fresca? Well, under Kimmy's trash was a letter from a little place that I like to call Stanford University. Stanford? Oh, it's gosh, sad. this I is wouldn't my get first choice. I wanted to go there forever. You open it. I'm too nervous. Go. Okay. Uh, Stanford. This would be so perfect. It's a great school. It's close to home. But it's it's not nearly as close as Berkeley, who had the uh, good sense to accept you. I didn't get in. Sorry, Deej. Aww. Fuck. Oh, Deej, I'm sorry. Okay. Is there anyone I can call? Right? Bye? Nobody. I can't believe it. Stanford is the only school I ever wanted to go to. I'm sorry you didn't make it, Deej. You should have done what I did when I applied there. Include a crisp $20 bill with the application. Come on, Dwayne. I feel lucky. Let's go check the mail. Whatever. So apparently, according to Michelle, Nelson has been dumped twice by DJ. Is this right? I only remember the one time in Comments' excellent adventure where we meet Nelson, and then she proceeds to break up with Nelson. So, um, maybe there's a second time they went out and he just, seriously, Nelson, I can't anymore, okay? I mean, you're a great guy, but I just feel like I would be leading you on if we continue to date. There's really, I don't feel any, she even says to the girls in the apps, like, I just, I feel like I'm leading him on because there's no magic, there's no spark, and I can see it. I mean, Nelson's a sweetheart of a guy, but his brain starts and ends with his wallet. I mean, there's got to be more to him than just money. Apparently, I think what DJ is looking for in these last couple suitors that we see her with, 
post, you know, her breakup with Steve, I think she's looking for the spark that she had with Steve. That excitement, that that fun and everything. And she's not seeing it with... I mean, what Nelson lacks in seemingly... Like I said, he's a sweetheart of a guy, but he's just... There's something missing there. Like, a, a personality. I don't know, because we don't really... We've only seen Nelson a couple times, a few times. And Viper is just, he's Jesse 2.0. He's Jesse Jr., if you think about it. When it comes to, he's all about the music and, you know, the the girls and, and all about that. And it's just, I don't know. I just, I feel like DJ is just doing, trying to figure out who she wants. Maybe she's trying to find the Steve and Nelson and Viper and it's just not there. I love how Stephanie refers to <laughs> Nelson and DJ's uh, relationship like, Gosh, you guys are so on again, off again. You should invest in the clapper. You're like, remember that commercial, the clapper, clap on, clap off. I remember that commercial. I never had a clapper. How does that even really work? Did any of you ever have the clapper back in the day? If you do, email me. If you did, email me at omhcfhfhpodcast. And I want to know your experience with the clapper. You know, I'm going to go look it up on Amazon and see if they still even offer something like that. So it looks like the clapper does still exist. They have different versions. One, ooh, a Star Wars talking Vader clapper for $30? It's normally $50. Bucks. I want to look. I bet Jeremy would love something like this. Perfect for kitchen, bedroom, TV, appliances, 120 volt wall plug. Oh my gosh. That, oh my, I got, I gotta, I gotta send this to Jeremy. I gotta send this to him. I think that he would, because you guys, if you've probably not heard me say too much, but uh, Jeremy is a big, oh, there's one for CP3O, C, C3PO, gotcha, oh, oh, yeah, Jeremy's the big Star Wars head in this family. <laughs> Can you imagine if we had a, if we had a kid, if we had a son, they would be so into video games and Star Wars, and I would be like... <sighs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, oh, I wanna, let me, I'll, let me get right back to Full House here. For heaven's sake, but it's just on Amazon. Hold on. I'll read one review of the Star Wars Clapper and I'll get back to Full House. Okay, so this was July 18 of 29, almost a year ago. Okay. Gives it a 2 out of 5. Good at first, then not so much. My husband said he wanted a clapper, so as a fun gift, I bought this. I didn't know it spoke. You didn't know it spoke? Did you look at the box? Did you look at the product before you ordered it? Ordered it? Okay, okay. So that, as a huge bonus, it was hilarious. Then came the problems. I like this person's review already. <laughs> if my dog got up in the middle of the night, lights on. The force is strong with this one. If you're reading a book and you put your cup on the nightstand, lights out. You underestimate the power of the dark side. It's quite comical, really. But you should know that it's really finicky and will go off over random noises. Side note, after a while, it seems to not like the clapping anymore. Just random noises, lol. 
<laughs> That's funny. I like that. I said it during the clip, and I'll say it this time again. Nelson's got some Jason Marsden gorgeous dimples. Gorgeous. And those gold-specked wire rim glasses. Oh, I love them. He's also wearing a black button-up vest over a denim long sleeve shirt. Okay, so real quick. I did message Jeremy. I showed him the picture of the Star Wars Death, Darth Vader clapper. And I said, look what I found. He says, I think we need one with a smiley face. I type, are you being serious? I could order it. He comes back with, very serious. And I say, it could be an anniversary gift for you. And he says, works for me. <laughs> so I ordered it. Yep. It'll be here probably tomorrow with Amazon Prime, but. <laughs> oh, we'll see how this goes. This'll be interesting. Okay, back to Nelson's gorgeous self. I love how he's so polite here. He could be telling Michelle off. Like, mind your business. But no, he's... And he, <laughs> it's their DJ sisters, so... And Nelson assures Stephanie, like, Oh, no, I've learned my lesson, trust me. From now on, DJ and I are just friends, pals, buddies. Nothing fun for me. Nelson, buddy, you gotta get back out there, man. You gotta get back on the horse. You need to go out and, you know, mingle with the ladies. You'll find someone who appreciates your, your mind and will maybe find that spark with you. Maybe you'll... Oh, oh, well, that's right. Never mind. I was thinking about the gala, but he's not going to be there. So DJ comes down, and she's, Nelson, what are you, how'd you get here so fast? I just talked to you on the phone. He's like, oh, well, I called you from my phone in my limo. Because it's 1995, and the idea that we could have phones in our cars is just like, what? No, we will eventually, but, you know, it just makes me think of Mighty Ducks. Gordon Bombay has a has his limo. It's got a phone in it, and just yeah, I don't. Even his kids, it's like we can perceive the idea that we can call someone on the phone while we're not in our house. It was just cool. You're like, hmm, who should I call? <laughs> okay, so he's got big news for her. He says his cousin Regina is coming in from England. She's coordinating the event for the, the Queen's arrival, the Queen of England. It's like, wow, cool. Michelle is like so jazzed. Like, wow, you're going to meet the Queen? Now, this is 1995. Stephanie, you know, Jodie Sweetin was born in 82, just like me. But she's eight months older. Uh, but, but, do you know what's interesting? Could have been great here if we got a Prince William joke. Because, you know, at the time he's 13, maybe Stephanie could be like, Oh, ask her about her grandson, William. Like, oh, will he be there? I, I think that would have been cool. I mean... I didn't start liking Prince William till I was 18. I had, like, his pictures all above my headboard and everything. I even kept a little notebook with pictures of him in magazines. And I, I tell you, I'm not a stalker. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, have you guys seen uh, William and Kate's kids? They're gorgeous. They're adorable. They're so cute. Oh, God, there's a spider there. I gotta kill it. Ugh. 
And it's just an itty bitty one, but uh, if you guys know, I just, I don't like spiders. I don't know if I got it or not. It was, it, uh, uh. I'm going to go put on some shoes. I'll be right back. Anyone else have issues in the summertime with, like, bugs, with, like, little ants or whatever? It just seems like every once in a while in the summer we get hit with these things. And it's just like, my goodness. It's like, we're trying to sell our house and everything. And that's the last thing people want to see when they are looking at a house they want to buy. But it's just like, almost every summer we're getting those issues. So it's hot, you want to have the windows open, the sliders open and everything. But anyway, I think this would have been a cute joke to have Prince William well, and Prince Harry mentioned. Like, hey, I'd love to meet her. Stephanie could say, hey, I want to meet her grandsons. So yeah, he invites her to go with him as friends, of course. And he gives her a thumbs up. It's like, uh, being friends with you is a-okay, even though I don't benefit from it in any way, really. DJ's just like, wow, the queen, that's that's incredible, that's great. Of course, here comes Joey. Like, what's this about the queen? Because Michelle's like, hey, Joey, guess what? DJ's going to get to meet the queen of England. And of course, and Michelle's like, hey, maybe she'll let you try on her crown. And Joey's like, yeah, why don't you ask her if, like, it's an adjustable, like, where it adjusts in the back. You know what that makes me think of? Remember back in the in the 80s and 90s with the, uh, maybe they stopped doing a mid-90s, but maybe it was, because there's a picture of me as like a one-year-old wearing one of those Burger King crowns, and I know that it's adjustable in the back. So Nelson decides right on the spot, you know, Joey, you could ask the queen that yourself if you, uh wanted to come with my cousin Regina. She's new to the city, doesn't know anybody. She's, you know, I promised I'd help her find a date. Uh, would you be interested? And, of course, Joy's like, well, what'd she look like? And Nelson's like, doesn't matter. And Joy's like, nope. <laughs> oh, I'm sure your cousin's gonna be thanking you, Nelson. Like, ugh, Nelson. And his cousin does look... When we eventually see her, she does look like she's probably 22, 24 years old. I mean, if she's organizing this event, she's got to be somewhere in her mid to late 20s. I love how their Joey and Nelson are kind of nudging each other in the elbows. Like, ah, ah. <laughs> like, what does she look like? <laughs> doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Alright, so this is the introduction of Dwayne as... Kimmy is just dragging him inside the Tanner house. She says that he went to trade school, so he's going to do join his dad's plumbing business. Now this is Scott... Is it Melville or Menville? You, if you guys watched The Wonder Years in the early 90s, towards closer to the end of its run with season 5, we meet the character Ward. David Ward. Wartshafter, Wayne's friend. And, of course, he's kind of like this, only he doesn't say whatever. But, uh... I think I'm going to. I'm going to play, at the end of this episode, that scene from The Wonder Years, um, the Homecoming episode, season... Is this season six? Where, um, Wayne's friend, Wart, comes back from Vietnam. Because it's just such a good... 
scene. Scott Menville acts the heck out of the scene, but we'll get to that. So, of course, Wayne utters his favorite line, like, whatever, whatever. He's, he, he's so awkward, and he just looks so uncomfortable. You know he didn't try to pick up Kimmy. Kimmy just, you know, picked him. I'm like, okay. As soon as she heard him say, whatever, she was hooked. So this kind of leads me to believe that maybe Dwayne is already out of high school. Maybe he's like 18, 19. He did his trade school thing. And, uh, yeah. Others I hear make a lot of good money. A lot of good money. Oh, I love how she calls Nelson Nelly Boy. <laughs> What'd she say? Back for round two? Oh, she says back for another dumping. <laughs> I gotta say, I think Kimmy is gonna get the best outfit of the episode award. It's just overalls, but it's got like white and blue plaid running down the length of the legs. And it just, it just gives it so much flair. You know what I noticed? Remember when Jesse and Joey put in that red light bulb at the top of the stairs to let people know when they're recording? That light bulb is still there. Many seasons later. So, Kimmy's like, I want you to be my new steady, Dwayne. He pinned me. But I came back and pinned him tw twice. Oh, she says, I came back and took him the next two falls. So clearly they were wrestling Meaning pinning. Okay. Because there is a term called pinning from back in the, like, the 50s and 60s. So according to the Free Dictionary, pinning, a mutual promise of a couple not to date anyone else. On college campuses, it was once signaled by the giving of a fraternity pin. Pro a verbal Commitment by one person to another agreeing to do or not to do something in the future. So, I remember this term from watching the 1998 movie Pleasantville. Where the character Bud, played by the late Paul Walker, was going to pin Mary Sue, who ended up being played by Reese Witherspoon. It's, it's just such a funny, funny scene. And DJ's like, wow, you're Dwayne. Well, it's nice to finally meet you. And he's like, <laughs> whatever. He's, uh, he's bashful. He's shy. But he's, he's just sweet. I love Dwayne's, like, blue backwards hat with the uh, green and black flannel button-up shirt. <laughs> of course, Stephanie's got to come over when Kimmy mentions how... Dwayne's father is the toilet doctor, and of course, Kimmy's or Stephanie's like, Yeah, so that would make you the toilet intern. She has a good laugh at that. He's just like, Whatever. So he's, he's just like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know how else to express how I feel. So I'll just say, Whatever. Even Stephanie's look like, Well, oh, Kimmy, where'd you find this one, huh? <laughs> Kimmy is just looking up at Dwayne because he's much taller than her. With such adoration. Like, oh, I found me a good one. She did. Danny, of course, comes in and says, guess what I found in the mail. And Kimmy's like, let me guess. Uh, empty can of Fresca and half a cheese wheel. And Danny's like, well, under Kimmy's trash, I found a letter from Stanford. 
And DJ, of course, has been wanting to go to Stanford for forever. I bet Cousin Steve was talking up Stanford because we know in season one, her cousin Steve, played by her real-life brother, Kirk Cameron, of Growing Pains fame, was going to be accepted in, he was 17, he was going already being accepted to Stanford for a baseball scholarship. So maybe he's like, oh my gosh, Stanford is the best, Deej. Seriously, you got to think about going there. And now I kind of wonder, because in season five we do see DJ going back to her alma mater. It's not Stanford. So, I don't see why, like, maybe she couldn't have, like, went for a little bit at what college and then, like, maybe transferred and finished up. I mean, I wonder, do they have a really good veterinary program? I looked it up. They got a veterinary program at Stanford University, so... But as soon as Danny pulls out that Stanford envelope, what's that thing? It's like if it's thin, it's oddly either a rejection letter or you've been waitlisted. A thick letter pretty much is going to be an acceptance because they got brochures and all that stuff. You're probably going to get a big, thick envelope. I don't think it's like, hey, we've accepted you. Check the mailbox a little later for all that packet of info. So, I mean, I get it. She didn't realize that. Like, she couldn't even open it. I mean, she's too excited. So she had Danny. It's like, oh, I love it. I mean, Stanford is a great school. It's close to home. And he looks down and it's like, but on the other hand, Berkeley, who did accept you, by the way, is also close to home. It's an exceptional school. And DJ's like, I didn't get in. I wanted to go to Stanford my whole life. She's just absolutely crushed. So she sits down at the kitchen table. Nelson, of course, figures, is there anyone I can call? Anything I can buy you? Anything I, anybody I can, like, buy off or something? Like, basically, to get your way into Stanford? Like, Nelson, you can't just buy people off and just... DJ's ended things with you already. Are you hoping, like, oh, maybe if she agrees to... I can, like, win her back by buying her way in the Stanford. That's not how you do things. You don't do things that way. So Kimmy, of course, is like, you know what? DJ, why don't you try the Gibbler method? With my application, I send in 20 bucks. A crisp $20 bill. Hey, Dwayne, I'm feeling lucky. Let's go check the mailbox. Uh-huh. So I like DJ's jeans. They're just, they really, they're form-fitting with the green shirt that she's wearing. Danny's jeans, I'm not a fan of because they look like they're really, really hiked up. So yeah, Stanford was definitely was her first choice. She's wanted to go there forever, probably since Cousin Steve was talking it up in season one. It'd be funny if we got a name drop, like, with Cousin Steve. Like, yeah, Cousin Steve went there, remember? And he had such a great time. I think Danny only likes the fact that Stanford, not so much that it's a great school, but because it's close to home, so she can come home and do her he can He can do her laundry for her on the weekends. I think, yeah, he just, that's what he loves. He's like, hey, DJ, is there anyone I could call? Buy, right? Buy? Who are you buying, Nelson? What are you talking about? Stanford is the only school you ever wanted to go to, Deej? Really? I'm sure there are people out there who 
once they get to the, you know, thinking about colleges and everything, I've always wanted to go here. It's got a great literary program, or it's got a great English department, or it's got a great photography program, or, or, or filmmaking course, or something like that. With um, Growing Pains, Carol Seaver, of course, wanted to go to Columbia University. And she ended up getting waitlisted because they were too full in the fall. So she basically would have to go out, get a job temporarily until the winter course started in January. So, But she eventually got into Columbia. Another thing about the fashion here real quick, and you guys know I'm not huge on fashion, but I like Kimmy's. It's almost like a light tie-dye mix orange on top of yellow, but then her sleeves have, like, colorful pictures on on them. But her headband is kind of a, um, a brown mustard color that kind of does go with the yellow-orange tie-dye look a little bit. So we go up to DJ's room. She's still sulking about Stanford. And Stephanie heads up there just to check on her sister. And DJ's room is just purple, purple, three or four shades of purple. We got lavender, we got lilac, we got plum. I can't think of any other shades of purple other than that. So Stephanie's like, is there anything I can do to make you feel better? And DJ's like, yeah, you can scratch the Stanford bumper sticker off the car. It sounds to me like you're kind of getting the cart before the horse. Why why don't you wait till you're accepted to put that Stanford bumper sticker? Wait till you've actually been accepted and have gotten in and everything like that. Oh, Stan, she probably most likely did too, take a tour of Stanford and everything. It's like, it's everything I ever thought, everything I ever wanted in a, in a college. Yes, I will definitely take a bumper sticker. I'll take a... A keychain, a lanyard, what else you got? Lip balm, great. We see that she is actually looking through, I'm guessing, uh, a course catalog, a newsletter of Stanford University. DJ hits this black and white, or maybe it's sepia-toned portrait of a llama (laughs) just above her head. Of course, this is 95. We didn't have the flat screen computer monitors. We still had the box models. And Stephanie's like, yeah, I already took care of that. And the one on the lawnmower. You put one on the lawnmower? Isn't that a bit much? I'm looking at DJ's corkboard. There's a a picture of Joey and Jesse from, like, season three when they were in advertising together. All right. Kimmy's coming in. She's like, oh my gosh, you guys aren't going to believe this. I got rejected from Stanford, too. But yeah, Stanford turned me down, too. And, of course, Stephanie's like, well, I, for one, am shocked. I'm like, okay, I'm not hating on Kimmy. You guys know I love Kimmy, right? Here's the thing. <laughs> DJ has worked her butt off organizing dances, the school paper, fundraiser, you name it, she was on the committee, she was doing it. What's Kimmy doing? Hmm, well, she did 
copy off of DJ's homework a lot. That we know. Um, she kind of tagged along when it came to uh, helping DJ with the committee, you know, dances, stuff like that. She also, I remember one episode where DJ is got a shot for um, editor of the paper in junior high. And Kimmy is like, can you please put me on the paper? Because I need an extracurricular activity to make it seem like I care about the stupid school. So, DJ ends up putting her on the sports edition, which, no, just, just no. I'm sorry, but no. I'm surprised Stanford even dignified themselves with a response to Kimmy. I'm sure they took that nice, crisp $20 bill and they probably went out to uh, Applebee's Happy Hour or something like that and had themselves some mojitos or some hot wings or something. I don't know. Sweet Asian chili wings. Those are so good. The bon- I get boneless. I'm not really a big fan of bone-in. I like boneless. I'm kind of agreeing with Stephanie here. It's just... You put in all that work in high school and... Ho- that's what... Another thing. Um, One Tree Hill... A character named Jimmy Edwards, if you guys are familiar with Wondery Hill, Jimmy Edwards died. Um, but he was talking about, he was planning to go to MIT to be, you know, a sports announcer and everything like that. He says he was rejected. You want to know why? Not enough extracurricular activities. So I'm guessing colleges really look at your involvement in the school. They don't just look at your grades. They want to see what else you're doing outside of the school. Probably even mainly if you want to maybe look good, like get out in the community. Start not just working in the school itself, but outreach programs. You know, building gardens or grow your own vegetables or uh, reading to, you know, kids at the library or Helping, like, senior citizens set up a grocery store, kind of like a shipped program for, you know, people that can't get out and get their own grocery. Stuff like that. Which is, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do big colleges look, what do they require? Do most colleges want a lot of that stuff on your college? And just think of, like, all the essays you have to do. In regards to, like, why do you want to apply to this college? Or... Or one of those hard questions that are like, name a specific moment in your life that really shaped who you are. Or name a person that you really admire and how did they shape your outlook on life. Or something, or something just these hard-hitting questions that make you have to evaluate all 18 years of your life. Like sum up eight, that last 18 years of your life. It's like... College, you're like, impress me. Tell me why I should let you into my school. Like, how are you going to be an asset to our school? Talking about pressure and stress, my goodness. I feel bad for, you know, just... Being a, you know, teacher and everything in college is all about proving yourself to other people how to make yourself worthy of someone that you'd want them to let you into their school or something. I don't know. So Stephanie's like, oh, let me guess. They send your 20 bucks back? And Kimmy's like, well, actually they sent me 40. And said, let's pretend this never happened. Hey, hey, hey! She got 20 bucks of Stanford's money! 
<laughs> Apparently they got 20 bucks they can toss to Kimmy. So they can toss her 20 bucks, but they can't take DJ. Okay. Uh-huh. I'd be like, where's my $20? Give me my $20. <laughs> I want my application feedback. Thank you. If I were Kimmy, yeah, because she's like, yeah, they sent me 40 with a note that says, let's pretend this never happened. If I were Kimmy, like, yeah, I'll pretend this never happened, and I'll take my sweet, sweet 20 and go and uh, go on a little splurge. I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to go out to eat. What else can I do with the $20? $20.95, what exactly could that really get you? How much were movie tickets back in 95 Gosh. I bet they were at least probably 5 or 6 bucks. Because now they're like at least 10 or $12. Well, movie theaters right now, eh, so of July 1st, are not currently open at the moment. So, yeah. And DJ's like, Kimmy, I'm sorry. I know how you feel. And Kimmy's hurt. She's like, no, you don't. At least you got into Berkeley. I didn't get it anywhere. She's like, I'm going nowhere. I'm a total reject. So I can see where Kimmy is feeling down about all of this because... If you think about it, let's sum up all of Kimmy's 18 years on this earth, academically speaking, of course, and see, I mean, she must see, I mean, you can't just slouch your way through life and expect to just get in. I mean, Steve didn't, and he went to a community college. She could try a community, sweetie, did you try a community college? A junior college? They will take you. I'm sure they must, right? I mean, she did graduate high school almost, right? She starts... Sweetie, you have a great Gibbler-style planning service down the road. Don't worry. It's going to be your future. You're going to have a husband. You're going to have a beautiful daughter. You're going to be a surrogate for Stephanie down the road. Your life is not over. Kimmy, okay? You've got a lot of great things to look forward to in the next 30 years, let me tell you. Well, in the next 25 years. 20 years. Yeah. We'll say 20 years. Because she's 18 now, so... And then by the time the show ends, they're both, like, in their early 40s. When Fuller House ends. Oh, she, Kimmy thinks her life is over with this. I mean, she says, I'm too tall to be a jockey and too short for the NBA. What about the WNBA? When did the Women's uh, National Basketball Association... Is that what they're called? National Basketball, Basketball Association? Alright, well, I found the reason why WNBA isn't mentioned when she just says NBA. It's because if this is 1995. WNBA was formed in April of 1996. So... But here's the thing that baffles me beyond any and all. I looked up the height of Andrea Barber. I looked up the height of Candace Cameron. I am totally just, I can't. It says that Candace Cameron's five foot two, and Andrea Barber is either five foot two or five foot three. I'm five foot two. They look like they would tower over me. Jody Sweet, and I looked her up, she's like five foot six. Because she is quite a bit taller than them. But it's just, they look taller. 
DJ and Kimmy look taller than five foot two and five foot three. But then again, I'm just seeing them on a television screen. But I always grew up thinking like Kimmy's just really slim and really tall. But maybe I've just been wrong all these. I checked IMDb. I checked the internet. They all say five foot two for Candace Cameron. But now that I see her, you know, on Fuller House, I I can see where maybe she would be close to my height. I, I don't know. Stephanie, of course, is continuing to jab at Kimmy by saying, you were absent on career day, weren't you? So Jesse comes in and says, hey, Deej, I heard about Sam Stanford, I'm sorry. She's like, thanks. So Kimmy, of course, wants to get in on this whole sympathy train. Like, hey, how about a little sympathy for me? She's like, I got turned by down by California. And Jesse's like, the University of California? And she says, no, every college in California. Even the community colleges you got turned down by? Oh, come on. I find that hard to believe. Of course, Jesse wants to get his digs in at Kimmy, too. And like, wow, Kimmy, that's too bad. I mean, after all that hard work you put in. Because, you think about it, Jesse's known Kimmy since DJ and her were friends. Well, since basically the show started. And he knows. I mean, heck, even even that one time where Jesse's parents were there and Kimmy was there and Nick was like, so, Kimmy, you still copying off of DJ's homework? <laughs> even he knew that she's not the best student. So DJ, again, she's really, she's on this poor me, I didn't get into Stanford train. Which, it sucks. It really, really sucks. Because she's like, I have my heart set on Stanford. Now I don't know where to go to college. Berkeley accepted you! Remember when you and Kimmy hitchhiked up there when you guys were kids? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and she I don't know what to do with my life. Sweetie, you're going to college. That's what you're doing with your life. You're going to become a veterinarian. You're going to marry a firefighter. You're going to become a widow at like 38 years old. And you're going to have three beautiful boys. You're going to marry the love of your life, Stephen Hale, in 20 plus years. That's your future. Right now, I get it. She can't look into that crystal ball and see all that's too, you know, all that's coming down the road, down the pike for her. Um, But she just, well... I know I should feel sympathy for DJ, and in, in, in a way, in a way, because we've all been there, haven't we? We've got our hearts set on something that we want, we work so long for it, and it doesn't happen for That's so discouraging, where you would feel like, where do I go from here? This I worked my whole education for this. I worked... So long and so hard for this. And the one thing, th- that's what happens when we get our heart set on a goal that doesn't pan out. Doesn't mean it's not going to pan out at all. Just means not right now. Or if we look at it this way. Something 
sometimes things don't pan out for a reason. That doesn't mean it's not meant to happen. Like I said, it doesn't mean it's not meant to happen. It just means it's going to happen in a different way. Things, unfortunately, I am one of the most unpatient people in the world. I swear it, I swear it. <laughs> That's just how I'm wired. And it's like, I want things to happen. I want them to happen right now. And it's like, no, no, you have to wait. You gotta wait. That's, you know how they say all, all things, good things come in time? Well, they do. Just sucks that you gotta wait for them, right? <laughs> but there are plenty of good things to do while, while you're waiting for good things to happen. Anyway, let's get back to the DJ's pity party train. I like Jesse's sound advice here. Like, take a negative, turn it into a positive. It's like, you've got a whole plethora of things you can do. It's like, girl, you are 18 years old. The world is just going to open up as soon as you graduate. Just look at all the opportunities. I mean, he's like spouting all these, like a cornucopia of things. You have to carpe diem, if you will. Seize the day. It's like, pick a road and ease on down it. And you just see... Stephanie and Kimmy just looking at Jesse giving DJ all this advice. And even Kimmy, in a way, probably could be, I don't know, maybe some of that advice he's given DJ could apply to her in some sense. I mean, it's like, you want to go to Berkeley? Go to Berkeley. You want to go to another college? Go to another college. Don't you have to be accepted first? Even when I went to that one college for a semester... I still had to wait to be accepted. I still had to go in and take those tests. Oh my gosh, that math killed me. <laughs> Always going to be my downfall, that math. He's like, hey, you want to take a gap year, man, and jump a steamer, travel the world? Go for it. You know, a lot of kids, you know, sometimes take gap years. They travel for a year. They, they get a job. They get some life experience and stuff before you surrender yourself to two or four years of college or more, depending on what your occupation's going to be. And here comes what Stephanie says is going to come back to bite her in the butt later. Well, or you could just marry Nelson and let him pay for all that. Okay, first of all, she's 18. She does not need to be marrying anybody at this moment. She's still in high school. She hasn't graduated. But then in 73, like, once you graduate, you can marry Nelson and uh, let him pay for all that. She's not marrying Nelson out of pity and out of just like, oh, I guess I'll just, I mean, he likes me. That's enough for me, but I don't feel anything for him. What kind of a marriage? That would be such a sad, one-sided marriage. Like, I'm marrying you, of course, for your money, but we don't, I don't have a spark or any connection to you. That would be so sad for Nelson. I'm trying to think. Eventually, we'll get to Kimmy and DJ's high school reunion episode. I think the last time I watched it was the first time I watched it. And just thinking about that, and just thinking, because we do see Viper again. We see Nelson. They have this rivalry again over DJ, which is garbage. Um, but just trying to remember if Nelson said what he was doing, whether he was married, whether he was divorced, whether he had kids, who knows. But no, Stephanie, you need to, that is not even an option to consider. That shouldn't even be on the table. And DJ, like, jumps for it. Like, you know, the way I feel right now, that doesn't sound that half, half that, half, that half bad, or half bad. I cannot talk to say, but I, it's like, no, 
he doesn't want your pity marriage. My God, girl. Even if you did, and he paid, you know, hypoth hypothetically married him, and he paid for it, you're still not going to be happy at Berkeley because it's not Stanford. Any place you go, you're going to be. Well, it's not Stanford. You're going to feel miserable. You're going to make other people feel miserable because you're on your. I didn't get into Stanford pity party train. And Kimmy, of course, is kind of sulking, like, gosh, I wish I had someone to fall back on. And Stephanie's like, ah, but you do. You have Mr. Personality. You have Mr. Whatever. You got him. Like, yeah, that's all I have. A man with a plunger and wet socks. And here's where we get the punch to the tum-tum. As Kimmy says, pretty soon I won't even have my best friend. Go off to college and forget all about me. See, it's warm enough to have the slider open, but it also creates enough of a slim breeze to have the door shut on me. That's a, you know, another thing about high school, you know, you, you and your friends, that summer before college, you're like, we want to hang out and do everything together because we only have three months to do it or eight weeks to, to do it in before you go off to college. You know, if you're going out of state to college, if you're going to a college quite a ways away where you'll only be able to see each other every once in a great while at holidays and everything. That's that's just it. You know, it's it's sad. You know, that's the realization. If your friendships are strong enough, you'll you'll make it through and you know they do. I mean she you're living in her house later, girl. You're living you've always wanted to live in the Tanner house, Kimmy. You're gonna get that opportunity. And DJ's like, Kimmy, what are you talking about? And Kimmy's like, DJ, come on. You know you're going to go to college somewhere. You're going to meet some really smart friends, and then you'll forget all about me like I never existed. It's like, life together as we know it is over. Let's face facts here. Oh, Kimmy, how wrong you are. Okay, that's enough with this door. My gosh. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Dang door. Stephanie, shut your mouth. Because Kimmy leaves, and Stephanie's like, oh, that's going to brighten your day a little. And DJ just gives Stephanie a look like, Steph, don't start. Of course, Jesse there's got to look. <laughs> of course, when DJ looks at him, he's like, oh, yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Hey, Deej, you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah, you can scratch the Stanford bumper sticker off the car. Oh, I already did. And the one on the lawnmower. <laughs> you guys aren't going to believe this. Stanford turned me down, too. I, for one, am shocked. So, did they send your $20 back? Actually, they sent me 40 with a note saying, let's pretend this never happened. I'm sorry, Kimmy. I know how you feel. No, you don't. At least you got into Berkeley. I'm going nowhere. I'm a total reject. My life is officially over. I'm too tall to be a jockey and too short for the NBA. You were absent on career day, weren't you? Oh, hey, DJ. Yeah, I heard about Stanford. I'm sorry. Thanks. Hey, how about a little sympathy for me? I got turned down by California. The University of California? No, every college in California. <laughs> Gee, Kimmy, that's too bad. And after all that hard work in high school. Well, I had my heart set on Stanford. 
Now I don't know where to go to school or what to do with my life. That's okay, Deej. You know, take a negative and, and turn it into a positive. You know, you, you, have a whole, you have a whole plethora of things you can do, a whole cornucopia of opportunities. You know, you have to, you have to carpe diem, if you will, seize the day. You know, I say, I say pick a road and ease on down it, you know? I mean, if you want to go to Berkeley, I say go to Berkeley. You want to go to another college? You can go to another college. If you want to, you want to jump a steamer and travel around the world, I say, hey, babe, go for it. Or you could marry Nelson and have him pay for all that stuff. Yeah, well, the way I feel right now, that doesn't sound half bad. I wish I had somebody like Nelson to fall back on. Ah, but you have Mr. Personality. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have. A man with a plunger and wet socks. <laughs> Pretty soon, I won't even have my best friend. What are you talking about? Oh, come on, Deej. You know you're going to go to college somewhere. You'll meet some new, smart friends and forget all about me. Let's face it. Life together as we know it is over. That's got to brighten your day a little. Uh. All right, looks like it's the next day because DJ's wearing something different. She's eating a sandwich at the kitchen table. Of course, we have comment 2.0 here. <laughs> and of course, comment is just given. DJ, the puppy dog eyes. And she's like, Comet, please stop. I'm not going to drop my sandwich for you. And you just have, see Comet just blink at her. She's like, please stop staring at me, Comet. I'm not going to drop my sandwich. And he does this sound. And I got to kind of wonder, is that really the dog doing that? Or is that someone doing like... Is that like... um? Is it Frank Welker, the one who does, like, all the animal voices? And DJ is just, like, not relenting. Like, Comet, stop begging. You're worse than Joey. And he just keeps on looking at her. And she's like, ugh, rolls her eyes. Oops. Silly me. And the sandwich floor falls to the floor. You just hear off screen. There wasn't even that much left to the sandwich anyway. <laughs> Comment, stop staring at me. I'm not going to drop the sandwich. <laughs> Comment, stop begging. You're worse than Joey. <laughs> All right. Oops. <laughs> Come in. Hey, Deej. Just brought a book over for Joey on what to do when you meet the queen. Oh, really? What's it called? What to do when you meet the queen. <laughs> Is Joey here? No, the whole family went to the mall. I just wanted to stay home and think about school. Oh, for heaven's sake. Are you still feeling bad? Well, I, I'm feeling better. My Uncle Jesse was right. I do have options. I mean, Berkeley's a great school, and uh, there are a bunch of others that I haven't heard from yet. So, I'm moving out of the press, and I'm well on my way to slightly bummed. <laughs> well, I have something that'll take you past slightly bummed, through okie-dokie, all the way to perky. <laughs> Remember, you were worried about what to wear when you meet the queen? Nelson! Diamond earrings for me? You shouldn't have... I, I didn't. Those are just alone. You dumped me, remember? Well, at least for one night I'll have earlobes of the rich and famous. <laughs> oh, um, 
just... Okay. Uh, hello? Deej, I'm about to become a blushing bride. Or as Dwayne says, a flushing bride. Kimmy, there, there must be bad connection. I could have sworn you said bride. You heard right, bachelorette number one. I asked Dwayne Poo to marry me, and he said yes. Well, actually, he said whatever. Oh, that's just but yes. here we are at the Create Your Own Wedding Chapel in Reno. Cool, huh? Kimmy, what are you doing? You don't love Dwayne. I know. Wish me luck. Kimmy, wait. Um, we promised that if we ever got married, we'd be each other's bridesmaid, remember? Well, yeah, that's true, but you're there and I'm here. Well, I'll be there, okay? Just don't do anything until I get there. Oh, hey, this works out great. If I don't use their bridesmaid, I'll save 12 bucks. <laughs> Kimmy's getting married. To what? <laughs> She's making a terrible mistake. I, I have to find out when the first plane leaves to Reno. Fifteen minutes. Wait, you memorize the schedule? No, we'll take my plane. It leaves when I tell it to. Great, uh, but I just have to write my family a note. Okay. Um, let's see. Kimmy's getting married. Went to Reno with Nelson. Love DJ. Perfect. Oh, gosh, I, I smudged it all up because of that grease from the sandwich. No, 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 it's fine. It's an emergency. Neatness doesn't count. I got hot towels in the limo. Let's go. Great. We got to stop that wedding. Oh, I do see some grease on that paper. So Nelson again comes to the back door. He's got this ginormous book that looks like it's about the same size as the last Harry Potter book. <laughs> and he brought over a book for Joey in What to Do with You When You Meet the Queen. And DJ's like, Well, what's the book called? He's like, What to Do When You Meet the Queen. So, you know, clearly he brought the book over so he could hopefully see DJ. That's just his, that's what he's like, oh yeah, I can get Joey to go with my, uh, my cousin. So yeah, he's probably like, oh, if I get, uh, Joey to take my cousin out, that'll give me an excuse to stop by and, you know, deliver this book. Maybe DJ will be there. It just seems like Nelson... As much as he's, like, trying to be the good guy, be the good friend and everything like that, you just, these little digs at, oh, you dumped me, remember? And, yeah. Because he rents some earrings for her. Like, oh, remember when you said you were worried about what to wear when you met the queen? Well, here. And she's like, oh, diamond earrings, these are beautiful. And he's like, well, calm down, DJ. They're rentals. You broke up with me, remember? Like, oh yeah, I forgot. No. <laughs> so I did look up online some of how, uh, when you, if you get a chance to meet the queen. Okay. Introductions. Firstly, don't speak until you're spoken to. But after that, when you meet the queen, it is customary to address her as your majesty, majesty at first. Madam, thereafter, and then your majesty, once again upon taking your leave. It is not acceptable to address the queen as Liz, Lizzie, or Queenie. If you don't have one, it is also not acceptable to adopt a British accent. Here are a few other tips for Americans 
back when the queen visited Virginia in 2007. Okay, so she did visit the U.S. You should also stand up when the queen enters the room. Everyone, including her own son and grandchildren, is required to stand when the queen enters the room. And whatever you do, for God's sake, don't wink. When George W. Bush accidentally made the gaffe, he said she gave me a look that only a mother could give a child. So, alright. Bow, curtsy, or a handshake. Citizens of the United Kingdom and Commonwealth countries upon meeting the Queen should, in the case of men, give a short bow from the head and shoulders. Or, in the case of women, curtsy. But as Americans... Because of that whole revolution thing. This is, guys, this is an article from the internet. We don't have to bow or curtsy. A gentle handshake will do just fine. It's also customary to bring a gift for the queen. The Obamas brought an iPod featuring video footage of her visit to the States in 2007. And a rare musical songbook signed by Richard Rogers of Rogers and Hammerstein, prompting all kinds of discussion about the worthiness worth of the gifts. By comparison, in 2007, the Bushes gave her an, an, ins an inscribed box from Tiffany's, a leather document a leather document case containing copies of historical documents from the National Archives, and an inscribed cowgirl statue, a replica of the one standing in front of the National Cowgirl Museum. Okay. We're going to have tea with the Queen. Alright. When it happens, here's a few things to note. The queen always eats first, and when she stops, you stop eating as well. When you sip from your cup, it's polite to hold only the teacup, not the cup and saucer. And remember, pinkies out. Don't slurp. And try not to leave to go to the restroom. Just hold it. Touching the queen. While it's not technically forbidden, incidents of touching the queen beyond just a polite handshake are very few and far between. One of the most memorable was back in 91 when Alice Frazier, a then 67-year-old resident of Washington, D.C. public housing, hugged the queen during the monarch's 13-day visit to the States, invited her to stay for a lunch of southern fried chicken and potato salad. The queen politely declined. These are just incidents of... Um, People putting their hands on the queen, touching her, one person, so one person gave her a hug, another person from Australia placed his hand on the queen's back. So when you're leaving the queen, it is considered impolite to turn one's back on the queen. Oh, as far as her corgis go, the royal corgis may be dogs, but they're still royal and as such should be treated with courtesy, especially because they bite. Oh, some interesting tidbits on how to maybe act when the oh, there's my lunch. So when you're gonna meet the queen, just remember be polite. Don't touch her. Don't um, just turn your back on her because it's, it's rude. So <clears throat> the whole family went to the mall. That's why DJ's home. She wanted to stay home and think about how she didn't get into Stanford. Girl, okay, you're allowed to pout about something for a little bit, but come on. I'm sure the family just like, you know, why don't we all like go to the mall, like without DJ, because uh, we need to get away from all this negativity and uh, sad sackness. So DJ's just kind of going based on Jesse's sound advice of, you know, he says I have other options. I, uh, Berkeley's a great school. I still haven't heard from the others I applied to yet. 
So she says, I'm moving out of depressed to slightly bummed. So he's like, I have something that will take you past slightly bummed all the way to okie dokie and finally all the way to perky. As he sticks his index fingers in his dimples and smiles at her. What's interesting is the fact that I'm sure Jason Marsden probably doesn't have to wear glasses, but when he lifts his you know, head up, you can see the reflection in his glasses. You can see the, um, the lights of the set in his glasses, kind of like high up. So he's got a red velvet box that has two diamonds in it. And she's like, oh my gosh. You just hear the audience like, woo! It's like, it's not an engagement ring. Calm down, everybody. It's like, wow, Nelson, diamond earrings for me? You shouldn't have. And he's like, I didn't. They're a rental. You broke up with me, remember? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they're just alone. Okay. I was gonna say, I don't know if you can rent, like, if you can go to a jewelry store and say, hey, I just want these for a night. Can I rent these for a But then again, he does have money, so he could probably just walk into the jewelry store, buy them, and then just say, hey, it didn't work out. Let me return them. She's like, she's taking them out and just saying, hey, at least for one night I'll have the earlobes of the rich and famous. Just, did anyone watch? I watched this because I watched a lot of, like, regular TV before we got cable. Watched a lot of Fox. Anyone remember the TV show Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous hosted by Robin Leach? I think that always came on, like, before Married with Children came on. Let me check that out. When... Let's see. Lifestyles. If I could spell to save my life. Styles of the rich and famous. So it ran from 84 to 1995. What is this? Lifestyles of the rich and animated. I don't know what that is, but that was in 91. Interesting. 68 episodes. Morgan Fairchild. Hmm. Very <laughs> five out of five. Oh my goodness. Come with me now. Theme from Five Days from Home. Let me see this. Hold on. Sorry, but if that's the theme to Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, do you want to know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like adult porn, adult films from like the 70s and 80s. <laughs> it just, that's what I think of that little wop wop sound. No, I didn't watch that stuff back then. I love how when the phone rings when DJ gets up, Common is still sitting on his mark by the table. But when the phone rings, because it's behind Nelson over by the stairs, Comet actually turns in the, his head in the other direction. He's probably, like, being told by his trainer to still stay in one spot. Of course, on the phone is Kimmy. She's in Reno with Dwayne. She says, I'm about to be a blushing bride. And DJ's like, Kimmy, it's a bad connection. I swear I heard you say blushing bride. Well, actually, <laughs> Kimmy's like, well, 
Dwayne would refer to as a flushing bride. Oh, actually, he uh, agreed to marry me. Well, I mean, he said whatever, but I took that as a yes. So she proposed to Dwayne. He did not propose to her. And DJ is like trying to talk sense into Kimmy over the phone because Kimmy's on a payphone. She's like, what are you doing, Kimmy? You don't love Dwayne. And Kimmy's even like, I know. Bye. And she's like, wait, wait, wait. Kimmy, remember when we planned our weddings as kids? How we always planned to be each other's bridesmaids? It's like, yeah, but you're there and I'm here. So DJ's like, Kimmy. Please, don't do anything. I will be there, okay? I'm going to get on the plane, and I'm going to get there. So don't do anything until I get there. And Kimmy's stoked because apparently if she has DJ stand in as a bridesmaid, she saves $12. Great. Isn't it kind of funny how they're talking about a wedding, and I'm just thinking of uh, when they all three, you know, she and DJ... And uh, Kimmy, DJ, and Stephanie all have that triple wedding. <laughs> and I can only imagine that DJ would have been a bridesmaid for when Kimmy got married to Fernando. I would like to think anyway. So DJ gets off the phone and it's like, Kimmy's getting married. And Nelson just looks at her like, to what? And she's like, she's getting married to Dwayne. I have to stop her. I gotta, she gets on the phone because, of course, with the internet, you can't exactly find out, you know, you can't just jump on Expedia or Travelocity. I need to find out which flight leaves Reno the soonest. But Nelson, of course, Mr. Moneybags, Mr. Richie Rich over here, is like, hey, look, it leaves in like 15 minutes. And she's like, what, did you memorize the flight schedule? It's like, no, my personal plane. It leaves when I tell it to. It's like, alright, um, I gotta leave a note for my family because they're all at the mall. And she's reading out what she's writing. She's basically t- telling us what she's writing. And I'm thinking, nobody does that. But if you think about it, because what happens later... The family is going to get only parts of that message because of what's going to happen. So that's probably why she was, for our benefit of, like, Kimmy's in Reno, she's getting married, I went with Nelson to stop her. Yeah. So, keywords, Nelson, Reno, wedding. Yeah. Of course, because that sandwich, that corned beef or whatever she was eating was just so greasy... She has, like, grease smudges on the letter. So, they leave. Comet, like, leaps up, licks what crumbs are left on that plate, goes over to the letter, because there's grease on it, and he just snags the letter from the counter, starts ripping it up. Like, oh boy. Okay, I want to ask you Full House fans out there, because, of course, if you're a Full House fan, you're listening to the podcast. Okay. What did all of you think of DJ's hair in season 8 with it being shorter? Did you like it? Because for seven whole seasons, I gotta say, I think season 7 is where her hair was like the longest. It was very, very long in the back. And I'm just kind of thinking, um, did you like it short? Because she does keep it short for quite a while before she eventually grows it back out again. Um, I thought it was... It's it's okay looking short, but I think I like it a little longer. 
If I had to choose, like, my favorite, I'd have to go with maybe, maybe season six, her hair in season six, maybe season five. It was pretty good length there, kind of long, but not too, too long, where it's, like, halfway down her back, like, season seven. So let's talk about what Nelson's wearing real quick before we leave the scene. He's got a cream white turtleneck. He's got a gray vest under a Hershey's chocolate jacket. Well, the color of like her, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a brown chocolate jacket. jacket. And I just, the gray, the white just, I mean, white maybe goes good with it. I definitely wouldn't pair it with a black turtleneck because that would just, mm. But the gray vest just underneath just looks like, eh. So, okay, I like DJ's cable knit sweater, if that's what that is. I like her cream white also. Or maybe it's eggshell. I don't know. There's so many different white, you know, type of cool. So, so, so many. But it doesn't go good with that long, it's like a black skirt with a bunch of different multicolored flowers on it. And it's just like, eh. I'm not digging it. Alright, now we're going back to the house. Looks like it's getting close to dinner time. Jesse is just tearing apart this poor potato with the potato peeler. You gotta be careful with those things. You can cut a finger doing that. He just carries, he's got the potato in his hand. He's just going back and forth, almost like he's whittling a piece of wood. And Becky's like, honey, what are you doing? Let's talk about Becky's outfit here because I think we have a good candidate for the worst outfit of the episode. What in the world? It's like a butter yellow long sleeve top with leopard print patches on the elbows, on the cuffs, on the bottom hem of the sh the shirt. I just it's ugh, I just I don't like it. Joey, of course, comes down in a tux, in a nice tux, because he wants to dress formal for the occasion. I'm sure definitely it's a formal attire type of event. Black tie affair. Um, Joey, right, and you gotta drop that Brit fake British accent because they most likely will find offense to that. You don't need to insult the queen. No, we all love to try to put on British accents. I'm sure if I did one, mine would be barely passable. Here's how many times she's visited the U.S. We got 57, Manhattan, we got 59 in Chicago, 76, Gerald Ford welcomes the Queen, uh, Takes Manhattan Part 2, 1976, Ronald Reagan Toasts the Queen in 83, Yosemite National Park, 1983. Yeah, whenever I see Yosemite, I think of the Looney Tunes uh, show where Lola calls Yosemite Sam Yosemite. <laughs> That's exactly what it, I see when I see that word. We got 1991. We got 2007. Most recent visit. Um, and I'm guessing 2007 was the last time that she's visited. But then again, she is in her 90s now, so maybe travel, I mean, England all the way to the U.S., that's, that's quite a ways. And I can imagine someone at that age probably is like, no, no more travel. 
I would think you. That's just kind of a red flag. Like you. Mm, like, is there an age limit? Like, okay, you're clearly if you're. I mean, I don't know if she's in poor health or if she's in fine health. I don't know, but I'm sure there are restrictions. Like, once you get to like up to ninety, if you're. I wonder if that's right. Of course, Jesse makes fun of Joey's suit. Like, now I know why they call it a monkey suit. And Becky's like, don't listen to Jesse, Joey. You look great. And you look very dashing. And Joey's like, I don't feel dashing. I'm such a nervous wreck. What if I, like... So, Becky actually did read that book. Because he's like, I, I just, I don't want to mess anything up. She's like, all you got to do is stand there. You don't have to bow because you're not from England. And don't speak unless you're spoken to. Which, of course, when I was reading that article, that is one of the things. She read the whole book? That book is huge. Maybe she skimmed it. Maybe she's like, okay, table of contents, meet the queen, interacting with the queen, no taking pictures with the queen. Okay. Like, no flash photography, no video, no audio, none of that stuff. Well, it's not like he could, like, here, let me take a video of meeting the queen. Oh, there she is. I'm going to post this on YouTube. Like, I don't think so. Because <laughs> it didn't exist in 95. But then again, neither did cellular phones with audio and video capabilities. So, so she, apparently this book was given to Nelson has the Queen's autograph where she says, Nelson, thanks for the loan. Love the Queen. <laughs> so he's got so much money he can be loaning out to the Queen of England. Okay, I don't think the Queen of England is hurting for money. I think they're fine. They're just fine. Don't need to be asking no 17-year-old white boy from America. Like, I need a loan. Nelson, can you give me one? She's like, it doesn't say that. And Becky's like, yeah, it does right there. Look at it. So Michelle, of course, she's only eight years old. She brings down her 35 millimeter camera. Like, Joey, can you take a picture of the queen for me? It's for my collection. And he's like, when did you start collecting pictures of the queen? And Michelle's like, as soon as you hit this button. Be surprised. I mean, Michelle's eight years old. I'm surprised she isn't like. I mean, she's not there yet with thinking boys are cute and everything. But I mean, Prince Harry was only like eleven at the time, so it's not like uh, you couldn't be mooning over him. So he says, "All right, I'll give it a shot." No one's gonna come back later. <laughs> I was like, "All right, well, I'm off to meet the Queen." Chip, chip, pip, pip, Cheerios, Twix. I mean. Tricks or for kids. Fruit Loops. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I love when Joey leaves and Jesse's like, why do I feel like the queen needs the luck? So Danny comes in with comment and says, hey, Michelle, you might want to feed him. He was licking the TV during an Elpo commercial. And Jesse's like, yeah, he probably got that from Joey. He does the same thing during Baywatch. Ew! That is nasty! I don't want to hear about Joey licking the TV when Baywatch, the theme song, comes on. If you grew up, if you grew up in the 90s, you're familiar with this, this theme song.
just sounds so gross. You know, Pamela Anderson's on the show, and you got all these... Did you ever see the movie Borat, where his mission was to find Pamela Anderson and kidnap her? <laughs> so Michelle's like, all right, come on, come on. I'll get you dinner. We can watch... What'd you say? We can watch it make its own gravy? Oh, because she's probably putting water in it to soften up the kibble? That was a corned beef sandwich that DJ was eating. You know that's got a lot of salt in it. That dog's probably going to be peeing for a long time. But then again, the dog's eating meat. You really think he's going to be like, I don't want this kibble. Blech. I want human food. Why are you going to eat? You're coming the wrong way. Okay, guys. How do I look? And be brutal. Now I know why they call it a monkey suit. Don't listen to him, Joey. You look very dashing. Oh, I wish I felt dashing. I am so nervous about making a mistake when I meet the queen. Joey, don't worry about a thing. When you meet the queen, all you have to do is stand there. You're not from England, so you don't have to bow. Oh, and don't speak unless you're spoken to. You've been meeting queens and not telling me? No, I read this book. I found it on the table. Nelson must have brought it over. To Nelson, love the queen. P.S. Thanks for the loan. It doesn't say that. Right there. Joey, could you get a picture of the queen for me? It's for my collection. When did you start collecting pictures of the queen? As soon as you push this button. <laughs> well, I'll give it a shot. Wish me luck. I'm off to meet the queen. Pip Pip, Cheerios, Cat'n Crunch, Tricks Off for Kids, I'm Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Why do I feel like the queen needs the luck? <laughs> Michelle, I think you better feed Comet. He was licking the TV during an outboat commercial. Uh, probably got that from Joey. Does the same thing during Baywatch. Come on, Comet. I'll get you dinner. We can watch it make its own gravy. Oh, hey! A present for me! Oh, it's empty. Here, Aunt Becky, it's for you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dad, I found this in Comet's dish. I think someone sent him a letter. It's all smudged and chewed up. Um, getting married, Reno, Nelson, love DJ. It can't be. Yeah, I know. Why would Janet Reno marry Willie Nelson? Well, that's one explanation. But it sounds to me like DJ went to Reno to marry Nelson. That, that makes even less sense than what I just said. Yeah, yeah, Danny, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. I, I, I wouldn't worry if I were you. You don't think she took us seriously, do you? What? What seriously? What? Oh, nothing. What? Nothing. What? Nothing. What? Hey, I just told her that she had a, a plethora of opportunities out there. She's the one who told her to marry Nelson. Who knew that after 13 years of not listening to me, she'd start now? Oh, come on, I knew DJ was upset about the Stanford rejection, but running off and getting married? Well, that explains this empty jewelry box. It was for an engagement ring. Ooh. I wonder how many carrots. I mean, this is terrible. Guys, this is some kind of joke, right? Oh, come on. She's probably right outside that door right now. She's just going to pop her head in and you'll gotcha. Honey, I know you're out there. Okay, come on in. Joke's over, little Miss Hijinks. Should we take your car to the airport or mine? Let's take yours. They say you shouldn't drive during a nervous breakdown. 
Stephanie comes down, finds that red velvet box. Like, oh, a gift for me. Oh, it's empty. Here you go, Aunt Becky. <laughs> I love how Becky just rolls her eyes. So Michelle comes up with the note. Um, let me tell you about this note here. The way that, you know, it's clearly, it's a prop. And it just looks like it's been cut. In a way, just like, oh, the dog, like, tore it up. But the way that it's cut is just awkward. Like, no, when we see Comet with that letter, he is ripping it to shreds. The point where you wouldn't even be able to read the letters because they'd be all smudged. And Danny's like, oh. So Danny tries to decipher it. says, getting married, Reno, Nelson. Love, DJ. And Becky is like, oh my gosh, it can't be. And Danny's like, yeah, I know. Why would Janet Reno marry Willie Nelson? It's like, uh, okay. But sounds like DJ went to Reno to marry Nelson. And this is where (laughs) Stephanie and Jesse are like, do you really think she'd take your words to heart? I mean, you didn't think that she'd take that advice. Seriously, do you? Danny's like, what? What are you talking about? What advice did you give her? And Stephanie's like, well, who knew after all these years she'd actually pick now to start listening to me? Danny's like, oh, no, no, no. I don't think, you know, this is just some joke she's playing. It's like, okay, Deej, you can come out now. The joke's over. Ha, ha, ha. He opens the door. Like, I'm going to open this door. She's going to be right out on the other side of it. Nope. And, of course, Jesse's like, do you want to take my car or yours? And... Danny's like, why don't we take yours? Because I hear you're not supposed to drive when you're having a mental breakdown. Or a nervous breakdown. Well, if you, if you, kids say you wanted to know what the 90s were like, look at this scene here because we got both Stephanie and Jesse wearing f- plaid flannel or plaid sh- long sleeve shirts. 90s was all about that flannel. All about the plaid. The flannel. Yeah, I even had flannel. Yeah, Jesse's like, before they leave, it's like, yeah, I just told her she had a plethora of opportunities. And it's like, hey, Stephanie's the one who told her to marry Nelson. Like, uh, hey, who knew after so many years she'd actually start listening to me now? So now we're going to go to plot B, which is Joey meeting the queen. Yeah, real quick. Danny is just like, no, I know she's upset about the rejection from Stanford, but I don't see her getting married. And it's like... Becky, look at the box. There are two indentations for what look like. They would be like the earring slots would be small because there'd be two of them. If it were a wedding ring box, there would be one long slip there that would have held an engagement ring. Oh, I forgot that Nelson's cousin was blonde. I don't know why I was picturing her as a brunette. So, Joey, of course, is not making the best impression on Regina. He's like, oh, shepherd's pie, Yorkshire pudding? My guess is you people don't like dogs. Excuse me? So she's like, yeah, I wonder where my cousin Nelson is. I'd so like to thank him for bringing us together. Kill you, Nelson. Like, Nelson owes me so big right now. Joey, enough with the dogs! He's like, oh, they probably got wind at the Bow Wow Buffet and stopped off to get some burritos. 
surprised he doesn't just like bye. I'm just gonna go over here where you're not. Or excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. Granted, you don't have a cell phone to scroll through, but. Oh my gosh, Joey, please do not do this. You're already an embarrassment just by being there. Don't harass these guards. Like, oh, I heard about these guards. You can do anything to them and they can't do anything to you. He's like, I hear you can do anything to these guys and they never move. And Regina's like, Joey, please. <laughs> Let's not do anything to embarrass ourselves or our dates. Oh, Joey does his suffering fuckatash. Like, Daffy Duck. Basically spitting in this guy's ear. Just look at the guy's face. I mean, clearly he's not doing anything, but he is seething under that mask of, you know, this blank poker face he thing he's got going on there. It's like, it's part of the job. I want to look up what you need to be a Buckingham Palace Guard. So here are what rules to the Buckingham Guard Palace Guards have to follow. Guards are supposed to remain still while on guard. The Queen's Guards are not supposed to move. However, they can march up and down the street after remaining still for at least 10 minutes. According to the British Royal Family, guards are on duty for 2 hours and off duty for 4 hours. What are the names of the guards at the Buckingham Palace? Five regiments of foot guards in the household division who provide the Queen's Guard at Buckingham Palace are Grenier Guards, Coldstream Guards, the Scots Guards, the Irish Guards, and the Welsh Guards. How long do the guards have to stand in front at Buckingham Palace? When the queen is in residence, there are four foot guards at the front of the building. When she is away, there are two. The queen's guard changes in the forecourt of Buckingham Palace at 11.30 a.m. and lasts about 45 minutes. So here's how you become a British guard. Let's see. You become a guard at one of the royal palaces by joining one of the five regiments of foot guards in the British army. Gotcha. Joey's like, wow, you guys are amazing. I mean, nothing go <laughs> Nothing gets to these guys. Joey turns as he says that to Regina, and this guy basically kicks Joey in the butt, which, well-deserved, for spitting in that man's ear. You're making his job a real pain. Mm, shepherd's pie. Yorkshire pudding? My guess is you people just don't like dogs. <laughs> well, I wonder where Cousin Nelson is. I'd like to thank him for bringing us together. Well, they probably got wind of the Bow Wow Buffet and stopped off and got a burrito. <laughs> well, shall we? Oh, look, there's one of those Buckingham Palace guards. I heard you can do anything to these guys and they never move. No, Joey, let's not do anything to embarrass ourselves. Our dates. Oh, this will be fun. Here, watch. Suffering fuckatash. You, sir, are inscrutable. <laughs> oh, you guys are amazing. Nothing gets to these guys. <laughs> yeah, good, good deserve to take your butt. Joey, your majesty's coming home. Nice to meet you. Oops, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to talk, was I? I'm just so nervous. <laughs> Did you kick me in the butt? No. What? <laughs> Joey! 
killing you, right? You'd have someone else do it, a nobleman like uh, Lord Kick Me in the Butt. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry. Oh, oh my, you took you know, off. <laughs> you put a little Velcro Don't around your wrist, hand. that won't happen anymore. Gosh, nice to meet you. Gosh, I forgot Michelle's picture. Dang it, uh, Joey. Your Majesty, wait. All right, nobody move. Nobody move. Uh, okay, just just freeze, everyone. I just want to get one shot, all right? Oh, oh down you go, buddy. How <laughs> dare you try to assassinate me? <laughs> I can get double prints of that if you guys like. Dingus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Joey, you are... Oh my goodness, I have no words for what I can say that you are right now, because wow. He's so nervous, which is understandable. And she stick. the queen comes and is sticking her hand out. People are just lightly touching it as she passes. Joey, of course, is like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so nervous. And then, I love Joey was checking his breath. As he's getting in line with uh, Regina. He says, nice to meet you. Because we see those other, like, the head bow. And then he does a head bow, but he also, like, goes to bend down. It's like, you don't need to curtsy. <laughs> it's like, oh, nice to meet you. I I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to talk, was I? <laughs> I'm sorry. But he's like, he's so, he's like, oh, could you kick me in the butt? Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, you probably have someone else kick me in the butt. And then he ends up accidentally removing her glove off her hand. Like, oh, boy. I feel so bad for Regina. I really do feel bad for her. Thank goodness this isn't being televised. Whew. Also gives her a salute. Okay, so the queen does touch. Uh, oh, she doesn't even bother to put her, her glove back on. I don't know about the skin-to-skin -skin contact. So as she's going down the line, the queen is. She always like, oh my gosh, I forgot. Michelle's picture. And then he's like, all right, everybody freeze. Nobody move. I just got to get one shot. And he's pulling Michelle's camera out of the inside of his tux like he's pulling out a gun. And of course the Secret Service are, you know, are quick to react as they, they pile drive him into the ground. Onto the floor. Like, they hear someone say, I just need to get one shot. Nobody move. Of course they think he's going to assassinate the queen. Before he even pulls out that camera, he's on the ground being tackled. And then he pulls out the camera and then ends up getting a picture of the guards that have him on the floor. Like, I could get doubles of that if you want. Like, uh, Joey. Like, how old are you? Did you say you were again, Joey? Uh, okay. So I'll just chop this off to my brain. Oh my god, Joey, Joey, Joey. Even the Buckingham guard who kicked him in the butt is on top of him. And you hear people screaming. They're trying to get the queen out of there as fast as they can. <laughs> what do you think Nelson's gonna have to do to make this up to Regina? It's gonna have to be something pretty dang amazing. Or is she just not ever gonna associate with Nelson? Like, I'm, I'm uh, cutting off our relationship. We are, we will have nothing to do with each other. Alright, let's head to Reno. We're gonna head to the chapel. World famous create your own weddings. Cute. And as you promise to cling on to each other for the rest of your life, I now pronounce you Captain and Vulcan. Kimmy, all I'm saying is think about what you're doing. 
I am thinking about it. And I think the Star Trek wedding looks nice. <laughs> Live long and pay the cashier on your way out. How about Friday the 13th? I bet not many people do that one. Sounds like a safe bet. What do you think, Dwayne? Whatever. Kimmy, if you don't get on that plane with me and come home, you're gonna regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. But the day after that, you're gonna be miserable. I'm going through with this, Deej. I'm tired of being a loser. Maybe if I marry Dwayne, I'll be a winner. So either go home or stay here and be my victim of honor. All right. Let's get ready for the most romantic day of your life. <laughs> so, Reno, it says Reno, the biggest little city in the world. And, of course, we go to the Create Your Own Wedding Chapel. And we get to the chapel and we have a Star Trek wedding, which, I mean, if you're into Star Trek, you're, oh my god, how would that work with Star Wars? Oh, it'd be like Han Solo and Princess Leia would probably be the only couple you could go with. I mean, who else are you? I mean, unless you're going with the, um, Anakin and, um, Padme, was it? You could go with them. This set is really, really weird. I mean, they have a backdrop of space for Star Trek and everything, and they got the Star Trek-ish type outfits. The bride is wearing... Like a tangerine orange with black. And the groom is wearing like a key lime pie green with black. And then we have um, the master of ceremonies, the reverend, pastor, preacher, whatever you want to call him, officiant, wearing kind of a, um, a rose red and black. Oh, and he's wearing a black toupee. And meanwhile, Kimmy is going through the book of different options. You know, Star Trek wedding, that looks kind of nice. Friday the 13th. I'm sure there are other options. But back to the set. We got an apple hanging from the ceiling. We have, at first I wasn't sure what this was, but it's like, there's this giant pink snake that's like dangling from the ceiling. It's a, basically a stuffed animal giant carnival prize to decorate the set. And I'm just guessing like, this is, it's, it's just bonkers, crazy, weird. DJ is trying as hard as she can to get Kimmy to not go down this path of matrimony just yet. You need to really think about this. You could be making the biggest mistake of your life. The thing that I'm just thinking of, the girls are still seniors in high school. Kimmy, do you realize you're getting married in high school? I mean, sure it worked for Nathan and Haley in One Tree Hill. There's a little bumpy road there, but anyway... And not to mention, I mean, we learn later that Kimmy's parents are barely ever there. I mean, where's her brother Garth? He doesn't exist in Fuller House, but she had a younger brother named Jimmy that we never see in Fuller. Anyway, it's just like, she's not worried that her parents aren't there because her parents were supposedly traveling all over the place. 
He's like, oh, what do you think, Dwayne? Friday the 13th, you want to go with that one? He's like, whatever. Like, it's up to you. Whatever you want. You're the bride. So clearly DJ pulls Kimmy up and says, you and I need to talk privately without your whatever man sitting next to you. Like, you're clearly not thinking clearly. You're not thinking clearly at all. If you don't get on that plane with me and come home, you're going to regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but the next day, you're going to be miserable. Oh, D, stop, Kim, oh my goodness. <laughs> Kimmy's logic is this. I'm going through with this, Deej, okay? I'm tired of being a loser. Maybe if I marry Dwayne, I'll be a winner. She's not even thinking the concept. Oh, she's like, I want to get married. It's like, you, do you understand what that entails? That means you're going to be a wife. You're going to be having to get a job, support your, where are you going to live? Probably at, you know, her, her parents' house. And it's just like, because what, he's got a pretty decent job with the plumbing and everything like that. But it's, she's not. That's just it. She's not thinking clearly. You're 18. You're still in high school. You haven't graduated yet. There's still time. Grant, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute here. This, that's right. This is episode 19. There's like five episodes left. And I remember the last episode of the show is DJ's senior prom. So that's right around May. So this is maybe, maybe this is like. Let's say it's like March or April at this point. And odds are, yes, your college, you already would have sent that stuff in and you'd be getting either acceptance or rejection letters. And she's just like, this is, this is all I have is getting married and marrying this guy I just met. Because what else kind of a future? Like, Sweetie, like I said, you're 18. You're not ready to settle down and be a wife and support a household and have... You are not even... Oh my gosh. We see Nelson kind of helping Dwayne with his... He's wearing a white tux that's got little dribbles of blood all over it. Well, Kimmy tells DJ, you can either go home or stay here and be my victim or maid of honor. Okay, let's get ready for the most romantic day of your life. So, of course, the guy who officiating the ceremony is like, Oh, Friday the 13th, excellent choice. Well, you probably said about everything that someone chooses. I mean, of course, what she's wearing, she's got this, like, really thin, see-through, almost black shirt material, but it's got, like, like fuzzy, like, furry material on the cuffs and everything. Almost like black featheriness, I guess. But she's got a bloodied veil with a fake axe sticking out the top of it. DJ is holding a bouquet of white, fake white flowers with a knife in it. Of course, the guy, the man officiating the ceremony is got a red and white striped shirt. I don't know whether he thinks he's trying to go for like all three of the major horror films from Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street mixed with the chainsaw throwing in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's wearing a hockey mask that looks like part of it on the bottom's been cut out. But you want to know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of Phantom of the Opera. So we're like throwing like all these 
type of you know films in there. We have the organ player over there with a noose around her neck. And Dwayne and Kimmy go up and then Nelson and DJ stand on either side of them. The guy revs up the chainsaw, which of course is so loud that he's got to shout over the top of it. And Kimmy's like, hey, cut off the chainsaw. The fumes are making me nauseous. Now it's my day. I paid $29.95 for this wedding and I want it to be perfect. Little bridezilla coming up. But then again, who doesn't want their wedding day to go off without a hitch? Everyone wants it to be perfect. I want it to be special. <laughs> Poor Dwayne. <laughs> He's like, what am I getting into? <laughs> of course. <laughs> this reminds me so much of when Jesse and Becky eloped. And then Danny and Joey and the girls all rushing like, her, stop, you're making a terrible mistake. And then the two turn around and it's like, it's not Jesse and Becky at all. <laughs> that's, the, that's what this makes me think of as like Danny rushing. <laughs> he loves to break up weddings, does, uh, elopements. It's like, oh good, we're not too late. You're making the worst mistake of your life. And it's like, uh, Kimmy's the one who's getting married, not me. Jeez. He's like, stop this wedding. <laughs> and Jesse's like, or call 911. <laughs> yeah, Danny's like, I can't, thank God we found you. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going through with this. Why would you want to get married? And DJ's like, I'm not getting married. Kimmy is. And both Danny and Jesse together are like, Kimmy? Like, that's the... <laughs> of all the people in the world that they would think would get married, it would never like, Kimmy? Really? Kimmy? Someone's marrying Kimmy? And Jesse's like, oh, well then, that's fine. By all means, continue here. I think this is the bride's side. Oh, DJ's like, didn't you guys read my note? I left a note. And they're like, yeah, but comment like slobbered all over it and we could barely make, all we could make out were like wedding, Reno, Nelson, and love DJ. And DJ is like, really, dad, please. Kimmy is throwing her life away. Can't you say something? Can't you help her? I mean, you're always giving me pep talks. And it's like, oh, I'm like, well, what were you going to say to me? And it's like, oh, well, here, I wrote some stuff here on this airsick bag on the plane. Like, can't you talk to her? I mean, she won't listen to me. And Jesse's like, you want us to talk to her? We've been spending the last eight years trying to avoid her. So, DJ goes up to Kimmy and says, Kimmy, look, before you go through with this, can you please just listen to my dad and Uncle Jesse? Of course, Kimmy's like, okay, but make it quick. I'm getting a splitting headache. Because, of course, that fake axe on that bale on top of her head. I notice Kimmy's also wearing, like, black tights and a royal blue mini skirt and she's wearing this belt that's got so many, like, metal studs and hooks in it. It's huge. So they have Kimmy sit down in one of the pews and Jesse's like, alright, we're gonna make some modifications so you know. Well, you know. Danny sits in this homemade electric chair looking thing. He's like, this thing isn't on, right? Okay, so, DJ, and Jesse who's sitting next to Kimmy is like, and Kimmy. And I'm like, duh. Even she's like, okay, I'm not stupid. Like, you're marrying, making a terrible mistake, DJ. And he's like, uh, Kimmy. And you know how much we love you. And Jesse is kind of like adding little things in here like, well, we, we tolerate you at best. 
uh, there's a whole lot of opportunities out there still open to you. And Jesse's like, well, there are a few thing, chances you haven't blown yet, I'm sure. And Kimmy finally interjects here with, look, guys, I see what you're doing here, and it's not going to work, okay? The only thing I got going for me right now is Plunger Boy. I love how she's like, love you, sweetheart. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> and Danny just is like, yeah, this isn't working. So Jesse finally steps in and says, look, Kimmy, we care about you as much as and it's like dude come on I know you can't stand Kimmy I get it but you gotta you gotta be a jerk to her she's a kid even though she's 18 years old she's still and I get it she's annoying sure but and she's even surprised like really you do I can't believe what I'm hearing and Jesse's like I can't believe what I'm saying I like how Jesse finally is like scrapes off the jerkiness here and he's actually honest with Kimmy. Like, Kimmy, look. Basically, we don't want you to do something that you're gonna regret. Like, really, just look inside your heart, okay? And if you really love this, this Dwayne guy over there, then I say go for it. Go get married. But don't do it because you feel like you don't have any other options. Or you need a plumber at three in the morning. They like that, you know, even though they're, you know, Kimmy's a pain, she's always been a pain for the last eight years, you've been trying to avoid her. I like at least now they're shaking all that. It's like, be real. She really needs to be pointed in the right direction here and talked out of something that, yes, she will later regret if she goes through with this. She's doing it as a last resort. It's in, I've explored every option. I've, ex you know, and uh, just, I'm not finding the right thing for me. And then, that this is those scraping the bottom of the barrel. I've tried everything else. Everything else has failed. I'm going to just do this because it feels like this could be the right thing. And it's like sometimes we need people to help us. Maybe even if you want to refer to like talk her down from that ledge. Because that's where Kimmy kind of is. She's like, she feels this is the point of no return. I got nothing. I got nothing to look forward to. My future is bleak at this point. That she just sees just nothing. And she's... I just... I don't why people think of marriage as like... An, any, and they even say like, don't go get married because you feel like you need to run away from your problems and you don't want to face them. DJ even brings up, you know, summer school and stuff. And it's like, they're seniors, so clearly, I mean, she must be able to make enough GPA to be able to at least graduate. Even remember when Steve was going to go to that college in Florida because he couldn't really get in anywhere in California? He even said, I could go and take some college courses, you know, at um, the community junior college and stuff. So there are options. She just met Dwayne, too. <laughs> Another thing. Danny says, don't get married if you're looking for the safe way out. So th I mean, I think sometimes some people are like, oh, I love this person so much, even though we just met. We're soulmates. Let's just run and get married and, and elope and stuff. It's like... I guess I'm just speaking from the fact that I, the person I married, I dated for... 
for three years. Marriage is, it's not just a commitment that you're making. When you get married, it's supposed to be, you know, forever. But it's just, don't jump into it blindly. Because then you're going to end up hurting both of yourselves. And just, I don't know. I just, I like that. I just, I like Jesse and Danny here. It's like, like I said, they can't stand Kimmy, but at least they're trying to help her. Because her parents are nowhere. She needs this guidance. And Kimmy is finally sinking in. Like, okay, I'm starting to get the idea that you guys don't think I should get married. I love how DJ kind of jumps in here. DJ, like, takes the uh, bloody veil with a hatchet off her head. And DJ tells her, like, you know this wedding is a bad idea. So, and Kimmy admits, like, yeah, I know. I just, I felt like I didn't have any other options. Oh, no, she agrees that she does have other options. Like, good. Yes, you do. And, and DJ's just, you know, like, Kimmy says, I can't, I just can't think of any options right now. And DJ's like, well, there's summer school, community college, you can get your grades up. And, and I think Kimmy's just worries, like, but you're not going to be there. I'm not going to have my best friend. So, and another thing I'm thinking of, is this another reason why Kimmy wanted to get married? Because she didn't want to be alone? Because DJ would go off to college, they wouldn't see each other very much? So it's more of, I don't want to just get married just so I feel like I have a future or an op or as an option. But, so she has someone there with her so she's not lonely. She's like, I'm still going to miss you. Who am I going to talk to about boys and hang out with and... Copy my homework from. Girl, you are almost done with high school. You are not going to be copying her papers in college. I'm sorry. I mean, you got to eventually stand on your own feet, sweetie. <laughs> and, and not lean on other people. I mean, it's one thing to lean on someone for support, but that's a whole, that's not what Kimmy's been doing this whole eight years. She's, I think she's been, in a way, using DJ as an educational or academic crutch to get her through. And DJ, of course, at no time has said, no, Kimmy, you need to do this on your own. I can't have you copy my homework anymore. But DJ, of course, assures Kimmy, like, hey, no matter where we are, we're always going to be friends. No amount of miles is going to change that. Took this pep talk between DJ, Jesse, and Danny to finally convince... Kimmy, that what she's... Because she's got the skinniest arms. <laughs> Kimmy Just the material, it's so thin. This... The shirt, it's like... It's almost like she's got like that, that material, like the black tight type material. And then it's got like the fuzzy fake bird fur or whatever on the, on the cuffs or whatever. But she just, it just accentuates how thin her arms look. And of course, Kimmy sits back down next to Jesse, puts an arm around him, and says, And you guys will always be a part of my life, too. And he's like, Ah, oh, goody. He's like, Come on, Jesse, be nice. Danny's like, Now I can die happy because he's sitting in that fake electric chair. Of course, Kimmy now is like, Well, how am I going to break it to Dwayne? He's going to be crushed. And Jesse's like, Oh, oh, oh I, I, I got this. I got this. Oh, Dwayne, Dwayne, come here for a second. Okay, guys, I, I, I hate to break it to you, but uh, <laughs> the wedding's not happening. The wedding's off. And <laughs> Dwayne is like, whatever. 
<laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> I love how when Jesse, like, calls Dwayne over, he goes to put a hand on Dwayne's shoulder and he's like, Ew, bloody yuck. It's not real blood. It's fake. Like, I don't know how to tell you this, but the wedding's off, kid. Dwayne doesn't look that bothered by him. He's like, whatever. <laughs> and Jesse's like, wow, he's taking a little harder than I thought. Actually, now that I think about it, this is Jesse's first interaction with Dwayne. Is he saying more than whatever? Because as the credits are coming up, you see Danny turn in that fake electric chair, and he's actually talking with Dwayne, and you know that Dwayne is saying more than just whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Friday the 13th. Excellent choice. Kimmy, you look so beautiful. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Shall we begin? <laughs> Dearly departed, we are gathered here to bring together this... Kill the chainsaw, the fumes are gonna make me furl. I paid $29.95 for this wedding and I want it to be special. <laughs> Dearly departed, we are gathered here to bring together these here two... Here they are. Okay, stop this wedding. Or call 911. <laughs> hey, God, we found you. I can't believe you're doing this. Why would you want to get married? I'm not getting married. Kimmy is. Kimmy? <laughs> oh. Well, then, by all means, continue. <laughs> I think this is the bride side here. Didn't you guys read my note? Yeah, we did, but after Comet slobbered all over it, it kind of lost something in the translation. Hey, I'm trying to get married here. Because Kimmy is throwing her life away. Can't you talk to her? She won't listen to me. You want us to talk to Kimmy? I spent the last eight years trying to avoid her. I don't know what I'd say to her. Well, what were you going to say to me? Well, I, I, I did write down some notes on the airplane on this uh, airsick bag. Great. Hey, Kimmy. Before you do this, just listen to my dad and Uncle Jesse. Okay, but make it quick. I'm getting a splitting headache. All right, I'll tell you what I was going to tell DJ. Just to have a seat. We'll put in a few little modifications to, you know. Okay. This thing's not on, is it? All right. Okay. Um, you're making a terrible mistake, DJ. Uh, he means Kimmy. Duh. You know how much we love you. We basically tolerate you as best we can. Uh, there's a whole world of opportunity still open to you. Yeah, there's still a few chances you haven't blown yet. Guys, forget it. Let's face it. I've got nothing going for me but Plunger Boy. Love you, sweetheart. <laughs> Whatever. This isn't working. Uh, Kimmy, what we're trying to say here is that we, 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 we care about you. Really? You do? I can't believe what I'm hearing. Can't believe what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, the point is that we don't want you to do something that you're going to regret, okay? Now look inside your heart. Now if you, if you really, really deep down inside love this, this, this Dwayne guy, then I say... What the heck? I say, start up the chainsaw and get married. Yeah, but don't do it because you're trying to run away from your problems or you're looking for the safe way out or you just want to make sure you, you have a plumber at three in the morning. Wait a minute. I'm starting to get the idea that you guys 
don't think I should get married. <laughs> Kimmy, let's do this without the hatchet. You know this wedding is a bad idea. Yeah, I know. You guys are right. I guess I do have other options. I just can't think of any right now. Kimmy, you can go to summer school and get your grades up and go to a community college. Yeah, but... Summer school, they're seniors. It still won't be the same without you. I'm really gonna miss you. Who am I gonna hang out with? Wait, 25 Talk years. Talk to about boys. Copy my homework from. You're going into college. Kimmy, no matter where we are, we're always gonna be friends. Nothing's ever gonna change that. You're right. Thanks, DJ. And you guys will always be a part of my life, too. Oh, goody. Be nice. Now I can die happy. How am I gonna break it to Dwayne? He'll be heartbroken. Oh, wait, uh, let, let me take care of this one. Oh, uh, oh, Dwayne. Dwayne. Listen, Dwayne, uh, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know how to break this to you, but uh, the wedding's off, kid. Whatever. You don't care. He's taking a lot harder than I thought. All right, so that is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So for my relatable, do I have a relatable? I've never met the Queen of England. I've never eloped. Mm. But I'm just going to say, and this is like bare bones relatable to Michelle, only instead of the Queen. Like I said, I collected pictures of Prince William, so... <laughs> That's about as relatable as I'm going to get to one of the characters for this episode. We're stressed, like I said. It's got to go to Becky in that, like, butter yellow and then leopard print elbow patches. And just... But best dress... I, I just... I loved Kimmy's overalls with the blue and white checkered pattern running down. I just, I liked it too much. So, so much. Um, who wore the jeans better, Danny or DJ? DJ. Because they just, they they went great with the outfit. They're nice slim. Danny, on the other hand, it's like he's got them hiked all the way up. And it's just, ugh. lesson learned from this episode, guys. Don't use getting married as a last resort of I've run out of options. Or because you didn't get into the college of your choice, you're gonna, I'm going to marry my high school boyfriend. Don't marry the first guy you date, either. <laughs> I mean, don't don't pull a Kimmy. I don't know how long she and Dwayne have been together before she brought him over, but it's like, don't, don't do that. Come on. Just live your life for a bit. Either go to college or get a job or just discover yourself before you settle down and start a new life with your, you know, your, your partner. Because... Your life changes when you get married. And not only that, especially if you, you're going to have kids, you know. Give a chance to, to see and explore yourself and discover interests once you're out of high school. It's like you get to be a whole new you and really see for yourself. You're not doing classes because you're supposed to. You're finding out what you're into and just discovering your, your 
interests that'll probably take you into adulthood and everything like that. So that's my lesson learned from the episode. Okay, so happy birthday, Andrea Barber. Now, and I did say that I am going to be putting these out on the cast member's birthday. So Andrea Barber was July 3rd. So I believe the next one we're going to go to is... Juan Pablo de Pe, is it Pace? P-A-C-E? Yeah, we are going to be doing the one episode that is least partially or mostly focused on him. I believe it's from season four, entitled Perfect Sons, season four, episode nine. Fernando's mother pays a surprise visit, so he presents that he... Okay, who, I don't, um, what? <laughs> he, he and Kimberly live together, they have a baby, and have DJ as her maid, and Steve teaches Jackson how to drive. Max makes a mem- memorable debut on Wake Up San Francisco when he gets a B. Yeah, we know that Max is very into his studies and his homework and always getting probably straight A's and everything like that. Kind of like his mom was all about the doing good in school. And then from there, we're going to be doing Michael Campion's episode from season two for his birthday. Season two, episode two, entitled Mom Interference. Then we are going to go back to Full House season eight with... Lori Laughlin's birthday with season eight's The Producer. And that will be in July. And then we will be doing The Animals of Full House in August. As well as, that's right, John Stamos' birthday is in August. So I'll be doing season two's Cutting It Close. I think Dave Coulier has a birthday in September. So even though I'm taking the month off, I will do an episode. Yeah, it's towards the end of September. So I'll be doing an episode for him too. So yeah. And then back to school episodes will be in October. All right. So I did want to play that clip of the wonder years of Scott Menville playing the character of Ward. Uh, the show is set in 19, it started in 1968. It ended in 1973. Uh, in it's the season one opener. We have Wayne's friend Wart. Wart, like I said, is played by Scott Menville, who played Dwayne in Full House and Fuller House. His friend Wart comes back from v- Vietnam, and he is just the picture of a broken boy. He's right around eighteen years old, and it's just it's it's sad, but it's a great performance, definitely. And I wanted to share that with you. Wart. Looks like you lost your clothes. I know. 
seems to fit anymore. Okay, so I looked it up, and there is, it says, it's a website called VivaLasVegasWeddings.com, and they're actually themed weddings. There's Viva Express Xmas specials, about 200 bucks, Santa's Workshop special, $4.99, Graveyard special, $4.75, it says Gothic. Dracula's Tomb, $550, also Gothic, we got 50s and 60s. Which is 650 bucks. Disco Weddings, also 650 Gangster, 650 Rockabilly, 650 Rock and Roll. Western, Beach Party is 700 Camelot is 700 Gladiator, 700 Hollywood Starlet Wedding. Intergalactic, okay, Intergalactic, yeah. Just like we saw at uh, the chapel that Kimmy and Dwayne almost got married, okay. Pirate. What's up, Pussycat? Woodstock. Those are all 700. We got Harley at 725. Alice Cooper, 750. Egyptian, also 750. Elvira themed wedding. Ooh, Chucky themed wedding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Phantom, Super Bad, Freddy Krueger. Okay, so that's kind of right around uh, the whole um, Dwayne and Kimmy thing. Superhero, Zombie. Liberace, Beetlejuice, Grinch theme, 850 The price just goes up and up and up when vampires fly. What? Oh, this is some creepy, kinky stuff. Pink Diamond, Detroit Rock City, Thriller Wedding, with uh, oh, your own personal fake Michael Jackson, The Hangover, Superhero Love and Justice, Rocky's Horror, Bond is $1,100, Viva the Cirque is thirteen hundred bucks. All right, interesting. So if you guys want to do that, just look up Viva Las Vegas Wedding Chapel online, and they have a. But it's very, very expensive. Of course, in nineteen ninety five, at one of these chapels, it was like twenty nine ninety five for Kimmy. So if you got money to spend and you want a themed wedding, well, there you go. And lastly, eight of your favorite TV show couples who eloped, Insider. All right, Penny and Leonard were married for the first time on the season nine premiere of The Big Bang Theory, but they didn't elope. What in the world? Okay, hold on here. Okay, here we go. We got it. We got Zach and Kelly went to Vegas to get married on Saved by the Bell. Oh my goodness. Let's see. Nathan and Haley eloped the same day they got engaged on One Tree Hill. Yep. 
Rachel and Ross get got drunkenly hitched in Las Vegas on Friends. Let's see. Dar- on Dharma and Greg, the titular couple got married in Reno. Hey! Just like uh, Kimmy and uh, uh, Dwayne almost uh, got married in Reno after their first date. Alright, let's see here. Jim and Pam were privately married under Niagara Falls in the office. Leonard and Penny eloped in Vegas on The Big Bang Theory. Alright. Hey, Quinny! Lorelai and Christopher eloped in Paris on Gilmore Girls. Um, Leanna Stark and I can't pronounce this guy's first name, but Targaryen eloped in Game of Thrones. And that's it. Thinking of Nathan and Haley. I gotta play this. Oh, I love the show so much. All right, like I said, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. I always have a fun time covering Full House and all the shows I do on my podcast and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I almost forgot. Okay, one more. One more. You ready? You ready? Okay, hold on. Cut to the chase. <laughs> do you, Corey, take Topanga to be your wife, to honor and cherish her, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do you part? I always have. I always will. I do. And are you to take Corey to be your husband, to honor and cherish him for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do you part? Oh my gosh. It's like a deer in headlights. Yeah, I could not. I mean, come on. When Corinne Topanga run away to get married, yeah, it's like, I had to do it. Okay, so, <laughs> I get, okay, guys, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Just enjoy the episode. Andrea Barber, have an excellent birthday. And I will be back on the 25th with Juan Pablo de Pace's birthday episode which will be season four's perfect sons have a great week everybody bye bye